I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful episode of Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends and fellow geeks sit down, chit-chat, and try and figure out where the fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And this is episode 70. We've made it all the way to episode 70, mostly intact. We are eligible for our AARP card now. Fantastic. I can get discounts at shoppers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode is one of our very special episodes in that we will be out of format. But back in time. Yes. Apparently, I have to insert the Huey Lewis song back in time at this point. I'm going to be playing under <laughs> as I'm speaking right now um, because patron Chris Kozak demands <laughs> that it play underneath <laughs> this introduction to the episode. And we do everything for our patrons. If he wasn't paying for it, I wouldn't do it, but... But he is, so if, we If are. Huey Lewis sues our ass, Kozak, you're ponying up for that. Yeah. For that settlement. So, so yes, we're back in time. Good to see you, Kate. Hi, Jordan. We took a week off again so I could go gallivant at an anime convention, which will come up later in the show. Make you wait. Scintillate you. Tantalize you with details. Um... Or just, you know, it's just playing. So, I mean, it's already on. I'm just so. being jerks and you can totally skip ahead if you want. It's not like you have to listen to all this part. But please yeah. do. If you want to listen to this part or any of the parts of our other 69 episodes, <laughs> <laughs> you can do that primarily two ways. Yes, mostly two ways. First and foremost, soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Give us a follow on there. You will be notified every time a new episode goes live as well. Apple Podcasts. Can't call it iTunes anymore. Because it's not. It's all about that branding. Apple Podcasts, swing by there, look us up, Geek Down Podcast, we come up. If you haven't given us a rate and review already, maybe you could do that. That'd yeah. be a nice, do us a solid, that'd be mm-hmm. nice of you. I like that, yeah. On your way to clicking that button in the top right corner, which says subscribe. Yes, and once you do that, automatically, episodes will appear in your device. Know how they get there? How? A magical internet elf named Chauncey <gasps> slides down the rainbow of friendship and just pulls them out of his satchel and sprinkles them throughout the land directly into your device and just so everyone understands it is in fact a satchel and not a purse yes don't call it a purse i mean he's comfortable oh yeah no it's not it's not it's not a gender thing no he goes out and wears a purse but in this case it's very important that this is the geek down satchel yes branded as such just like indiana jones (laughs) indiana jones has a satchel yes uh chauncey doesn't wear a fedora though no he wears a derby paperboy cap (laughs) Yeah, he does. Oh, what's up, Kate? Uh, nothing much. Having a fun summer so far, and it hasn't even started yet. It's Yeah, it's been kind of delightful this weekend. Yeah, and you know what? Just in general, so everyone's aware, if you've just started listening, you're like, wow, they break format a lot. Jeez. It's it's actually... <laughs> it's I thought act- the show was supposed to be about them giving each other stuff. God. It's actually because we've not really done the whole con thing before yes this is the first time either of us have gone full out on a nerd convention experience yeah so we want to talk about it because that's 
kind of the stuff we talk about. And people really love the chit-chat, and we like chit-chatting. And there's lots to catch up on, um, and it's been very busy. So to do this on top of doing what we usually would do, that, honestly, that would be like a two-and-a-half-hour episode. <laughs> there, there was some... Uh... <laughs> There was some miscommunication, probably my fault, but I think uh, Caitlin was heading into today's recording thinking we were doing uh, three episodes. Yes. Um, but we are only recording two today. We're also recording a bonus episode, Patrons, the continuing adventures of my red dragonborn paladin. <gasps> you remembered. <laughs> Stumbled. <laughs> Took the long way around. <laughs> got to it. Uh, his adventures will be continuing in a bonus episode that we will be recording today. But yeah, so we had to do that. And I, I think at one point we had talked about Recording three, I don't remember why. But... Um, well, because you had said that maybe this episode would be a oh an early release. Right, for the we thought we might hold on to this one for the patrons, but and that that's it's, it's too good. The experience is too good. And and you know what? By now, by the time it comes out, it would have been like a weekish old, mad old. So yeah, it really doesn't matter. Um, so <laughs> Caitlin thought we were still doing a standard episode today, and like, what time was it? Like seven o'clock last night. You were like. No, it was in the it was in the morning. Was it in the morning? Yeah. You just have lost all track of time. Listen, I'm working so fucking much and have been doing so many things. Um she like hands me something. It's like it's like, hey, this is short, it'll only take like an hour and forty minutes. Uh if you want to watch that, can you give me something short? And I'm hour like, hour and twenty I like, minutes. I literally have no time to watch this. <laughs> we are not doing three episodes <laughs> this like, weekend. Okay. <laughs> you were real broken hearted, I'm sure. No, no, it, it, it made it so that I could go to Buskerfest, so. Oh, what's Buskerfest? Uh, it's where people busk, and there's, it's on, and they close down the street. With dudes juggling and, swords and shit? Yeah, there was a guy who did, juggled some swords. Of course and there fire, was. And a mallet. And a mallet. And he was on five chairs. She <laughs> said he's on fire. I was like, <laughs> give that guy all your change. No, and he was actually very funny. There was a couple of really good buskers. This was in um, uh, Dundas. Uh, which is up like a part of Hamilton. They kind of... One of the boroughs of Hamilton? Yes. They kind of mash them all together. Mm. But d- d- people from Dundas are weird. You can't access it from the highway, so it's like Brigadoon. Like, if, <laughs> if, if you don't get there by accident, you don't actually know it exists. So, yeah. So, clearly, I've, I didn't know it existed until this moment. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. Um, and they have the Cactus Festival, which we... The Cactus Festival? We literally accidentally... Like Christmas show, it was when we had first moved there, so like a couple of years ago, and uh, Chris was like, hey, you want to see uh, another place like Dundas? And I was like, sure. Um, and he's like, sometimes they have a cactus festival. <laughs> and we literally parked, and there was the cactus festival was going on. And I was like, oh my that's God. amazing. The cactus festival. Yeah, but this was not the cactus festival. This is the Busker Fest. Don't get it twisted. Uh, and uh, it was it was really good. There was lots of vendors, um, lots of shiny things, about <gasps> some beads. Beads? Yep. And uh, and some notebooks. Honey. What? Don't you have enough notebooks? You know what? Shit your goddamn face. How about that? <laughs> I've not seen the current <laughs> notebook inventory. I don't have them here. But you're, you're currently working from a uh, pristine, no, what that barely is, used notebook. That is an, my notebook. It's just uh-huh. a regular. I did not buy this one recently. It's been sitting there waiting for me. Listen, I have like five empty blank moleskins in here somewhere like i understand okay i thought you were judging me 
little bit, but no, it should have not too much. Uh, so that's what part of what I did. So yeah, actually, it was good that we didn't do the three episodes. Oh God, yeah. And I got I got to be more prepared for our D and D episode. Good. Which it's all about preparation. I'm excited going to the Sword Coast, y'all. If you would like to know more about the D and D episode episodes, I should say. The bonus episodes, you can um, make your way over to our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash GeekDownPod. Tons of information there about how you can support the show if you decide this is the sort of tomfoolery you want to uh, help support. Um, the bonus episode is is $5? $10? $10. $10. Um, so, but trust me, it's a good time. Like, I've been, I was re-listening to them to know exactly where we were, and I was like, we're funny. We're pretty funny for... For as unstructured as they are, we're really just riffing for like 25 minutes to half an hour. Yeah. And what I always say is like, longtime listeners of the show may have picked up that sometimes Caitlin can be a little scatterbrained. Slightly. I, I hope you don't take any offense to that. Uh, no, it it builds into my um, scatterbrained librarian motif <laughs> that I go for in my life. Uh, you know, referring to things where she like, you know, can't remember the names of anything or... Ever. But when it comes time to record those D&D episodes... <laughs> I just sit the fuck back as Caitlin McKinnon is in the driver's seat and she just goes and she remembers every name for everything. She's got books. She's got tabs. She's got, it's, it's something to witness friends. So yes, if you feel like um, this podcast is something you'd like to support, definitely check that out. Um, But also if you're like, I don't really have a lot of money and you still want to support us. We also have a $1 level. Yep. Which doesn't get you much, except for our unwavering gratitude. Unwavering gratitude. Speaking of which, to all the Patreons, the patrons out there, thank you so much. We actually really, really appreciate it. We talk about it all the time, how awesome it is and amazing. And you guys are awesome and amazing. So thank you. Uh, we do have to give a shout out to uh, Michelle Manning of Philly, who we do not know. We always love that. Yeah. We have no idea who this person is. Love getting messages from people we don't know who listen to the show. Uh, who just sent us a nice message and gave us some recommendations of stuff she thinks we should check out. Uh, stuff I have seen, but Caitlin has not, so that will probably come up uh, on a future show. But thanks for taking the time, Michelle. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, what have I been up to, aside from the con? Oh, well, people who follow the Twitter. And shouts to the Twitter. I've really, I've Listen, I feel like my Twitter game has upped recently. But you have been... It has been hot over I think, on the, in the Twitterverse. I think the Geek Down Twitter... Is uh first of all, I love the contrast between like when I'm following like the feed of the people the Geek Down account follows and yeah. my own personal Twitter. Yeah. Like my personal Twitter, the feed is like uh, just a nightmare. <laughs> and like the apocalypse. <laughs> just, like, just a high yeah. nightmare. It's like, you know, it's 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 you know, news media and, you know, political commentators and things like that. And it's just like, oh, the world is burning. Yeah. And then I go to the Geek Down one and it's like anime fans and nerd bloggers and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> um But I definitely I know I had said when I was going to the con, I was going to like, you know, oh, I'd be updating stuff on Patreon and blah blah blah. Listen, Twitter was just easiest. Like when I'm sitting there, yeah. Here's this video. Burp. <laughs> 140 characters throw it up um so i've thrown a lot of stuff on there and if you have been following listeners you already know that i did what i said i was going to do yesterday i went to go see the homie cosmos records yes very so excited you've ever that. wondered if you ever wondered what this mythical hisa at cosmos records uh you will see the two of us there posing with the with the aforementioned record i talked about that he put on hold for me weeks ago and 
and and what, Caitlin? And what happened? So the thing I always <laughs> the thing I always say, and this is not just true for Cosmos, this is true of any record store. Um and was probably true of us when we both worked on the floor at Major Canadian Retailer, which is like I know I had certain regulars I would see from time to time who would Do you come mean in. The people who would buy stuff or the crazy people who would just like hang no, out. No, actual all day? Pe- actual people who would buy stuff. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. And like maybe they would find you on the floor and it'd be like, Oh my god, you told me about this yeah, book. I used and... to get that all the time. Or they would ask people about me and yeah. when I was working and I'm like, Don't tell them that information <laughs> Or they just, you know, see your name on something that your staff picked and they're yeah. like, Oh, I've I know her. Yeah. I liked what she gave me before, I'll just buy this. Um so similar to how I maybe, you know, people we would run into at Major Canadian Retailer would hate to hear, Hey, have you read this? Yeah. The thing you don't want to hear at any record store that you frequent enough that they kind of know you mm-hmm. is to go, Oh, yo, Jordan, have you heard this? <laughs> it's the worst thing uh, ever. And funny enough. So part of this episode, half of it, <laughs> I mean, half of it is going to be chit chat news and what we usually do. The other half, we're going to talk about anime North, but we're also going to be talking about collecting, which we brought up before that we were going to talk about. So this kind of folds in nicely to this collecting theme. It does. Um, so, yeah, the first time this ever happened to me was at uh, Dennis at June Records. Uh, I had, I may have told this story on the show before, but I had like, I was kind of in a like, I didn't have a ton of money, mm-hmm. but had the itch. I'm usually pretty good about like, you know, maximizing my dollars. Yes. So I like, I had a couple $5 records in there, you know, thing, and I was checking them out. I was listening to them on the, on the demo turntable they had. And at one point Dennis goes, says the dreaded words. It's like, yo, Jordan, have you heard this? And he hands me some reissue of like a forgotten gospel band from Fresno. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. And I put it on and it's, and I, and I got the spirit, Galen. <laughs> it was fucking flames. Cause there's a million stories about these bands who just like only played like in their like hometown. Yeah. And they maybe they cut a record as like a fundraiser mm-hmm. and sold like, you know, 200 copies. Then somebody digs it up and it's amazing and they reissue it. And it's like, I listened to two songs, put back every record I already had in my hand and just bought that one and left and did not regret it. Um, Hisa does this to me all the time, by the way. Or he'll see me at the turntables and he comes over and hands yeah. me something and be like, did you check that out? God damn it, Hisa. Um, but I have now graduated Ooh! I I I've leveled up. You've you've collector leveled up. I've collector leveled up because not only are we now at a point where Hisa will say, "Have you heard this?" Hisa will say, "I think I've got something in the back." <gasps> oh no! Like the stuff that's not officially out for sale yet. Oh no! So we know I was there for this record by Tatsuro Yamashita. You can see Hisa and I holding the record on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And as we said before, Tatsuro Yamashita, he's like the Michael McDonald of Japan. He just makes fire yacht rock songs <laughs> that I love. And he had another record called Right on Time that I've I've never seen. I have it. I have MP3s on my laptop. I've never seen this record at Cosmos ever. So, of course, that's what Hisa pulled out from the back. Of course. And I'm like, why? Like some, some kind of magical fairy. Why are you doing this to me, Hisa? And then I remembered that June is a three-pay month. Woo! <laughs> and, I mean, he knocked a few dollars off of it because I bought both, but there was still three digits involved in the price. Oh, my God. Yeah. See? Caitlin didn't know that story, that part of the story before we See? went on mic. 
this is my this is my problem mm. with collecting. <laughs> my one of my big problems and why I've never been able to get into it. Don't because I there is no. You know what I collect here. Notebooks. Notebooks. Okay, and stationery because it's affordable. Did you ever spend one hundred and twenty dollars on notebooks? No, but there have been times when maybe I filled my cart and had to put the whole cart back because I went kind of crazy. And you think you, you you when you start you think you never. There's no way. There's no way I would spend that much money. No. Never. Because you could use it on food. And look at this place. I haven't been grocery shopping since the con. I need to. I, I need to. Oh got my nothing. god! I got, like, I got like, nothing. Got like a quarter of a box of Odeos, and that's, that's like all I got left. Um, yeah. So that happened. Uh, I don't regret a thing. Follow me on Instagram. Watch, watch me dance. Watch me dance to right on time. He does dance every week. Uh, amazing. I for a hot second, I thought I wanted to try to pull off. If I had uh, met my companion, my anime North companion, and I went to karaoke last night with a couple other friends. Um, if we had met up early enough and she had come with me to Cosmos, I would have uh, maybe filmed my my Sunday <laughs> my Sunday dance in the store with Isa, but it didn't work out that way. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, and then I went to karaoke, and sorry, I got to go on a rant about this because Toronto Transit Commission, fuck y'all. You know what? Don't even get me started. Okay, I saw a great. I, I don't know where it was. I can't remember. It was just in the internet universe. You could look it up. But it's basically people from Canada being angry about the 401. <laughs> and I'm like, I am. I don't even drive and I am there with them. Sorry, the 401 is a major highway in Ontario that runs basically from my hometown. Yeah. It starts at my hometown and then it runs through almost almost to Ottawa. I think so, Maybe. Yeah. Um. Not to cut you off on your story, because no, we no, will get go, to it. No, no, But um, it is the busiest highway in North America. Is it? One of the busiest in the world. It is. Um, and it's garbage. And it is garbage. And not, like, the road itself is not garbage. It is just so packed all the time. Any time of day. It's like two lanes for 90% of it. Um, it's just, it's packed all the time. And... There is a ripple effect. So today, I had a really hard time getting into Toronto because they had closed the Gardener down, which is connected to the 401. Yes. And it's very important to get in and out of Toronto. It's an expressway that runs through downtown Toronto. Yeah. So the bus I would take, the the really fast bus that would take me (laughs) from Hamilton to Toronto couldn't work because they've closed the gardener which also meant that the 401 was going to be packed Mm. because there's two ways sort of into toronto and those are the two gardener and 401 and they're connected but uh 401 basically goes north whereas the gardener goes through runs around the south side um which meant that all the traffic in toronto was going to be extra crazy because it's people trying to get to places they wouldn't usually go which meant that the Toronto Transit Commission, the TTC, did not plan for any of this, <laughs> and there were there was nary a bus nor streetcar to be seen because they're all stuck in traffic. Which I literally just walked. Basically, at one point, I was just like, "Screw it, I'm walking," because I shouldn't wait because it sucked. And that's the ripple effect of doing stupid things like closing down a major roadway. Sorry, I'll be fine. 
so you white people can run a 10k yeah or whatever you were doing today that shut the gardener it's down like some basel bike or run for heart disease or something Ugh. you didn't do anything for heart disease and all you did was inconvenience us exactly <laughs> where's all that money going basel is it administration we know what that means <laughs> That's some other day. Shots, shots to the Bissell <laughs> organization. Um, no, my story was like I said, I went to karaoke, uh, and it's unfortunate that the best karaoke place that I've ever been to is up at uh, Young and Finch. Is it little a uh, little Korea? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was calling it North Korea Town, and then somebody told me I shouldn't call it that. It's, it really sounds like a desolate place, and if you go to karaoke in North Korea Town, you yeah. can only sing songs about the Supreme Leader and like. <laughs> Chris, we right. pledge our service to the leader. Um, no, there are two Korea towns in Toronto. One there is in are. one is in the annex area, um, which is more downtown along a subway line, and the other one is uh, way the hell up north, past the four hundred one, further north than the four hundred one. Caitlin already talked about, yeah, uh, kind of at the edge of the world where the subway ends. It's true. Though the subways, they're starting to build it. Apparently. So it won't be where it ends soon enough. <laughs> Mega city infrastructure talk with Jordan Kate. Um, <laughs> but, you know, ha- having too much fun at the old karaoke. Yep. Last subway done for the night. Yep. Everybody I was with lives in North Toronto. Their Ubers cost like $10. Yep. Jordan prices out Uber for himself. It's going to be like $30. And he has some records to buy. And so we're your, man, your man already bought some records <laughs> yeah, that day. Right. And uh, let some money fly at the old uh, at the old karaoke bar. Yep. Pa- packing down the Stellas, singing some Ursher songs. Um, my favorite part of karaoke is always when, like, if people don't know. Like, listen, I'm not saying I'm a great singer. Yeah. But I'll whip some shit out sometimes. I got a pretty good falsetto that nobody expects. Yeah. So when I whip that out, people go, all right. <laughs> that's, that's why I live for a karaoke. I live for that. All right. Um. So I did not want to spend $30 on an Uber. And plus, uh, Uber and I aren't getting along after the convention. when We got in an argument. They didn't want to take my money or something. Um, well, fine then. Fuck you, Uber. Uh, so I'm like, well, I got a day pass for the day anyway because I was doing some running around. So I'll just take the, the Vomit Comet. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the Vomit Comet is the all-night bus that runs along Young Street in Toronto. And a mini of time there has been vomit on it. And it's called the Vomit Comet because that's where all the drunks who stay out past last call have to take to get home. And they're really angry and loud. It's so loud. Um and so everybody has left and it was warm yesterday. Yeah. But we are at that point where it will be warm during the day and then cool down substantially at night. Mm-hmm. So I was in a polo with no oh. jacket. So I'm a little grumps. Yeah. Little grumps waiting for this thing. Yeah. It apparently is going to take 20 minutes to show up. Oh, nice. So I wait for 20 minutes. Get on it. Cool. Gets down to the, uh, down to Queen Street fairly quickly. Um, but then it's going to be another 25 minutes for the Queen bus, not a streetcar, because for some reason they've taken streetcars off of Queen Street all summer. See, for, this is what I'm talking for about. For another summer of construction. Who plans this out? Waiting for this Queen bus to show up, which I finally get on. And yeah, by the end of it, I we left at a little after... Well, so the last subway runs at one thirty. Uh, Yeah, between one thirty and 2. Around that, yeah. And it was like 3.45 by the time I got home. Nice. Watching cabs go by me at Queen Street, just like... I got 50 bucks in my wallet. Just do it. Just do it. Just take the fucking cab. Then I get stubborn. And you need groceries. <laughs> and as, <laughs> as we can see, I need groceries. And I've been doing a lot of things this week. Anyway. 
so yeah. So oh, and then well, you've had this this great week. I took a couple days off work. Did you? Yeah. For one of those days, I went to something called Canada's Wonderland. Oh my god. Um. Also, roller coasters are amazing. <laughs> and there are te- like teenagers are weird. They were everywhere, and they're weird. I'm too fat for roller coasters anymore. It was definitely questionable at some point <laughs> whether we could fit in and out of stuff. Hey, if you want a spur to like lose weight or get in shape, go go on some roller coasters where you're like really worried. Basically, either you're not gonna, going to fit or like it's just going to explode out. You're just, you're just shoving shoving that brace down on you to hear that yeah. one clack and you're like, come on. Oh, God, I'm dying, but this will be worth it. Yeah, I may have bruised some ribs. So, <laughs> anyways, um, but we did have a fantastic time. I've only been maybe a couple of times. It just wasn't something my family did. Um, and Sorry. Again, regional. It's a big amusement park. Oh, huge. It was supposed to be way back when they first sort of thought it out. It was going to be Disney North. Really? Yeah. And then Disney was like, we can't make money off of a park that doesn't run all year round. Mm. Joke's on you. Still going strong. I mean, it's changed hands a couple times, but it's still a, a great park and they open new rides all the time. And they have like a Peanuts world, which is stupid. Like the Peanuts, like Snoopy. And, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's stupid. I hate the Peanuts, so it made me angry. Listen, put a pin in that for later. We're not going to talk about that. Okay. Disrespect. They did, have, they did have Dinosaur World, which was amazing. Meh. It had a whole bunch of animatronic dinosaurs. They were actually pretty good. <laughs> and it went on and on. If you were three, oh man, you'd have the best <laughs> time ever. Um, so yeah, it, we had a great time. And it was sunny and nice. And I'm like, yeah, summer. I'm really excited. Yeah, until it gets hot. And it's like, fuck everything. Oh, I forgot about it. Uh, Why'd you remind me? My only Canada's Wonderland story, I think it's probably the last time I went, uh, they would do this thing where they kept the park open all night for graduating classes throughout oh, Ontario. okay, yeah. Uh, so it was like, you know, grad night at Canada's Wonderland. And this is obviously, you know, I lived back home. So we like took a school bus four hours, mm-hmm. five hours, because it's like out yeah. outside of Toronto. And it's like, this is a great idea. And we went to, you know, riding all the rides, doing whatever. And they have this, I don't know if they still have it. They had this ride called the Bat. Yeah, that goes forward, goes forward and, back- and then backwards. backwards. Something about staying up all night and yeah. riding the Bat at like 4 a.m. <laughs> fucked me up. <laughs> my brain like left my body. I had no idea where I was. I remember asking my friend Marissa to like slap me because like, like harder because I just was like not present anymore. Whoa. The bat, like, totally. I had a bad trip on the bat. Funnily enough, Mm. we did not go on the bat. (laughs) We skipped that one because we were like, eh, bat's lame. It is lame. The the hook is just it goes backwards. Um, Yeah. And I also bought... uh, Did I I buy my Beastie Boy shirt there that I wish I still had? They had a store that, like, sold concert tees. I remember (laughs) spending a bunch of money there. Oh, well, that was the thing. It used to be owned by... Uh, what was it? It used to be called a uh, Paramount. It used Paramount to be, Scandals Wonderland. It used yes. to be owned by Paramount, so it had all these Paramount properties. Yeah, they had like a, yeah, like a Top Gun ride and shit. Like. Yeah, which is now called like the the high flying <laughs> ride. Or everything's high everything's been renamed. Yeah, and reskinned, and it, basically part of the fun is like pointing out what used to be like <laughs> like they call the stunt some sort of stunt coaster was just the Italian job once upon a time <laughs> is now the stunt coaster. Um, so yeah, it's. That kind of stuff is is fun about it as well. So, yeah, we have just good times all around, basically. Yeah, good times for everybody. You know who else is having a good time, Kate? Who? 
Diana, Princess of the Amazons. <gasps> Snap! That was a good segue. It was. That was a fantastic segue. Tell us about Wonder Woman, Kate. Um, everything about Wonder Woman. Just like <laughs> all the stuff, all all of the stuff ever is about Wonder Woman. As I said on Twitter, uh, like the day it broke. Yeah. Again, this is why the Geek Down feed is like so much more pleasant. Yeah. It was just filled with people so happy about Wonder Woman and pictures of young girls in their Wonder Woman costumes. That's and part of my news. Like everybody's just so happy about it. Yeah. It made me happy. Um, so, honestly, if you go to like the Mary Sue, they have like eight articles about Wonder Woman. <laughs> I think that's a little excessive. I'm not saying it's not, there's not a lot to talk about. I just think that like, maybe shake it up a bit. <laughs> um, but basically, I'm seeing it tonight. Oh, okay. I was going. We were going to see it yesterday, but we decided it was going to be way too packed. Mm. So we're going to see it tonight. People don't really go out for movies in Oakville on Sunday night, so <laughs> that's what we're going. What we're going to do. Um, all those pictures of adorable small children dressed up as Wonder Woman it makes me really happy. Just so happy. Um, it's doing really, really well at the box office. Mm-hmm. At the moment, it's grossed two hundred twenty-three million. Global. Global. Last I heard, it was tracking for 90 domestically. And it is doing better than a lot of other superhero films at the same time. Yeah, critical reception has been certainly better than any DC movie that's come down the pipe in this iteration. I'm sure Dark Knight got got its fair share of praise, but as far as like the DCCU, this has certainly been the one that's been heralded the most. Um, But now that we're talking about uh, reviews and critical acclaim there has been a backlash of backlash not even backlash it's just (laughs) backlash of these two specific reviews um the mary sue wrote about them and also uh oh is this the vulture one uh yes i did see paragraphs from the vulture one that were very much like how does this person even have a career yeah um what's great is if you go to io9 they have like a mock um review making fun of reviewing, the vulture one reviewing the vulture review well no it's not reviewing the vulture review it's just basically like in the style of the vulture in review. the style of the vulture review it is fantastic it's a great work of parody um go check it out what it's very the, very good the vulture review bitch that there was none of the like weird snm from the character's early history yes. in there what the fuck dude uh, right right jesus christ right it's not true to the character because it doesn't have any weird snm in it bro <laughs> Um, what so, was this other review? Uh, the other one was just basically it just all it did was describe the movie in about the way she looked, like literally it just kept on coming up over and over and over and over and over again about her outfit, outfit and like how she looked and how she looked in this part and she even looked good in her suffragette outfit like it was good as long as she looked attractive throughout the entire thing it was it was bizarre um so yeah that i'm you know i'm happy it's it's good i'm really looking forward to watching it um from everything i've heard it's like it's a superhero movie it doesn't reinvent the wheel like no no but it is giving you something different it has something resembling fun in it at times Uh, yes which is something the dccu has been woefully lacking in for quite a while and i like when they go back to world war ii you do you do love that i well, i also like time period pieces so <laughs> i also like how at the premiere they interviewed gal Gadot and uh she was in flats yeah 
And the person interviewing her was like, we just got to talk about this. You're wearing flats and I love it. Like, what was behind that decision? And she was like, they're comfortable. <laughs> yeah. And really, like, gave her a screw face and was like, what other reason do you need? Yeah. I'm about to hurt my goddamn feet walking down here. You go. That's why you Wonder Woman. Uh, also, they never call her Wonder Woman throughout the entire movie. Really? They just call her Diana. I did not know that. Yep, I read that, in the, read that in the review. That's kind of amazing. Kind of awesome. Uh, yeah, so good times for Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, sadder times for the overarching DCCU. Yes, you told me about this and I was really <laughs> Caitlin had just heard about this. I heard about it like the day after. We, this is old news for a lot of y'all, but I had... I heard about it like the day after our last recording session. So, I mean, we haven't been able to talk about it till now. This broke on The Hollywood Reporter on May 22nd um, is the fact that Zack Snyder has kind of stepped away from all DC Justice League related cinematic properties Yeah. Um, for a very sad reason. His daughter uh, committed suicide back in March. And Which is also something, I mean, I, not to say that we need to hear about people's personal details, um, but I just, that seems like big news and I didn't hear about it at all. Yeah, it was kept very quietly. Um, and I guess Snyder tried to distract himself with work, thought he could still keep it going. Um, some reshoots came up. The film was going to require some more work than he thought he was able to give. And he was like, you know what, I got to, and his wife's a producer on the uh on the right. film as well. So, I mean, they were both working on this. Um, they both decided we need to be there for our, our other kids and for our family right now. It's really important that that's more important than this movie. So they both kind of stepped away from it. And yeah, I guess um, Snyder had screened a rough cut uh, of justice league for filmmakers and friends. And he wanted to add some additional scenes. Um, so he knowing he had to step away, uh, brought in a ringer to write and, kind of direct these added scenes that he's putting in and yeah. it's uh joss whedon which i mean i'm glad that he had a friend <laughs> if, if you gotta <laughs> yeah it's a good one to have yeah um and whether or not this uh the order of operations because we know joss whedon has come into the dcu to do this batgirl movie whether the order of operations there whether he Stepping in on Justice League happened first, or the Batgirl thing happened first. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. But yeah, just really sad news. And, of course, you can always count on fuckboy fanboys. What do you think the first response was? No, they didn't say anything about this. No, maybe we might get a good movie now. Oh my god, seriously? Uh, I don't have exact receipts on it, but I... From the person who first told me about this story, whatever blog they had read it on. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely... They said it wasn't the first comment, and it was rapidly shut down by other commenters, but That's... the fact that you would say it at all is... Right? is terrible. Get your fucking life together. Like, really, your first comment should be, oh my gosh, how could he think he could get through it like this? I mean, I mean, good for him, I guess, for trying, but that losing a child is um, impossibly sad and devastating. Um I like your first thought should be, I hope they're okay. Right. Yeah. Like that is your first thought. First, first thought is yes. Um, and then love to his family. Yeah. And then all, you know, comes the, like they, he probably shouldn't have kept on going. He probably should have taken the time. At least now they're taking the time now, you know, more stuff about the concern about the human behind the films that you have been watching mm. as opposed to, Oh, good. Now we might get a good film. That's awful. Uh, in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, 
at the time of this announcement, Snyder said, quote, in my mind, I thought it was a cathartic thing to go back to work, to just bury myself and see if that was the way through it. The demands of this job are pretty intense. It's all consuming. And in the last two months, I've come to the realization I've decided to take a step back from the movie to be with my family, be with my kids who really need me. They're all having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course you are. So, I mean, yes, love and love and sympathy to the Snyder family at this difficult time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, good for you for yeah. realizing that, you know, shepherding a blockbuster is not more important than taking care of your family. So I suppose you think you're, you know, you don't really know how to deal with that much grief. So you kind of try and figure out different ways. Maybe. And that's what he was trying to do. But yeah, that's so sad. And still, you know, there's details in there about the studio still supports the movie. The studio still supports him. So, I mean, it's not like, aside from fuckboy fanboys, everyone's been very understanding and supportive in this situation, which they should be because that's what you do when you're a fucking decent human being. Yeah. I really, it's hard to segue from that, honestly, yep. to be like, you're sad about that. Well, there's other sad news because it's not really as sad as that. It's not as sad as that, but it might bum you out. Uh, Sensei got canceled. Yeah. I How do you feel wanna... about that? You were watching Sensei. I, I watched the first season and I really liked the first season. Hmm. Um, I have not watched the second season. Funny enough, um, uh, Kira, who is the lovely Australian Les, who who emailed us, <laughs> right. um, she had mentioned the second season of Sense Eight. Oh, right, she did. Um, and I had written her back, and now, and I was like, like yesterday, and I was like, so now that it's canceled, I probably will be watching the second <laughs> season. Um, and I, I mean, I was interested in it. It's just there's so much other stuff going on, and I actually have a weird reason for why I didn't. I didn't even watch the Christmas special because mm-hmm. they recast the role of Caffius, um, who was played by Amal Amin, and they recast it for, um, I think his name is Toby Un- Unwumire. Sure. I probably am butchering both of those names. I apologize. Um, and I loved Caffius. I think he was probably my favorite character. I don't know why they recast it. I, maybe he couldn't do it anymore or he wanted to do something else or there could be a million reasons, but I have a problem when they recast characters. Mm. I feel like there are so many, you're a writer. There are so many amazing other ways to write something out or use your magic writing powers Figure, figure a logical reason why someone couldn't do anything. You can't expect us to be like, oh, yeah, that's the same character. We're, we're not stupid, right? Like, you can't expect me to... And maybe they do address it in the show. I just... I, I saw that one picture of the Christmas special, and I was like, no, no. They did that on Fresh, no, no. They did on Fresh Prince a couple times when they, they, re, when they recast Aunt Viv. And yeah. They... And I was like, can, can't, couldn't Aunt Viv, like, had, like a stroke and died or something. Jesus. Well, I just mean, or she left. Savage. Or uh, I'm just saying have. Shots to Aunt Viv. <laughs> I loved Aunt Viv, <laughs> but I loved original Aunt Viv. New Aunt Viv was not anything like original Aunt Viv. That is true. Right? There's so many other things you could do. Really? You're just going to switch her out? I feel like that's an insult. Yeah. Second. <laughs> terrible but this is how she tends to get referred to light skin aunt viv didn't really she didn't really do anything as she a character bring the like, fire dark skin aunt viv brought the fire that episode well the you see the shot everywhere the, the meme little, of her dancing yes, yes of her doing the dance i it's 
it's amazing. Well, you know why she left? No. She did not get along with Will Smith. Oh, well, see, that I could see. <laughs> see? And there are good reasons why people aren't continued as being cast. Sometimes people pass away, right? Mm-hmm. They did that with Bewitched. They just, like, straight up changed her husband. And it was like, no one's going to notice. Everyone notices. Everyone notices. You think we don't notice, but we do. But we do. Uh, well, let's try and end on a happy note. Uh, Caitlin, do you want another reason to go to Japan? Um, first of all, I know that there are a million, but I want to know the one what, that you're telling me. Uh, how would you feel about a Studio Ghibli theme park? Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Now, it's not a theme park like you think of. It, meaning it's an actual park with a theme. <laughs> It's right. not like roller coasters and shit or giant statues of Totoro type of thing. Right. It's more like a park with a theme. So uh, there's a plot of land in Nagoya yeah. that they had already built a replica of Satsuki and Kay's maze, May? May and Satsuki's house mm-hmm. from My Neighbor Totoro. Yeah. Like completely done. Uh, there's rules against photography, but I have seen some photos that people have snuck out of there. Right. And just like the shot of like the dad's study, the dad's messy study. <gasps> I was like... And you are encouraged to touch everything. Oh my god, why? Like, you can touch everything. There's a shot of this dude, who and open, like, cupboards and stuff, and there's a guy holding, like, May shoes, and I'm like, oh, oh my god! My god. Um, so this is what they are going to do. They are going to, uh, it's not going to have rides or anything, uh, but it will be a place to enjoy nature, set in the world of my neighbor Totoro. Oh my god, so there will what? Be, like, there will be, like, I'm sure walks and tours throughout the countryside type of thing. Just a place to enjoy nature. What? Yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> we need more patrons. Go so bad. I want to go to the Ghibli <laughs> Museum. That's, so that's bad. The only, either we're gonna win some kind of ticket to Japan, or one of us. You gotta start writing more. Apparently. You gotta strike it rich, because <laughs> that's the only way we're gonna. Somebody's afford. got it. Yes, I gotta get a job that sends me there for like three weeks. No, you need to. Na- ta- you need to make enough money to send yourself there and send me there too. <laughs> That's the and, only and way. The, and the rating assistant. Um, there was some other Ghibli news this week. So, uh, good news. Not that anyone ever thought he was really going to. Uh, Miyazaki is not retired again. Yeah, that's not... I'm Ma- not even... That's not even a surprise at Making all. another movie. I think it was a thing where he wanted to do a short. Right. But then he realized, I can't do it as a short. I want to do it as a movie. Yeah. Um, but there's been some uh, some criticism towards Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, if we want to be accurate, it was at a convention with a bunch of people calling it Ghibli, and it was like nails on a blackboard every time they did it, <laughs> even though I know it's correct. Um, so there was some, there was like a good news, bad news thing when an ad went up or a listing mm-hmm. for looking for animators, right? Including you can be from anywhere; you just got to be fluent in Japanese, right? And you can work on Miyazaki's next movie. Uh, and then people saw the salary. Uh oh. <laughs> um. 200,000 yen monthly, which is about 1,800 bucks US a month. And you have to live in Japan. Mm. Now, granted, I would love $1,800 US a month, Mm -hmm. but I also do not have to live my life working 900 hours a day, getting berated by (laughs) animating (laughs) anime legend Hayao Miyazaki. Six days a week or whatever it is. Um, he can be a little difficult. Watch some of them documentaries. Yeah. He's a, he's prickly. He's a prickly, prickly sort. Yep. Um, and so U.S. animators were like horrified by this. Basically saying like you can be an in-betweener um, and get like twice that. We're going to like, you know, two, three days a week. The issue is 
this is actually on the high end. Like the issue is not Ghibli. The issue is the anime period. Yeah. Like this is a good salary for a Japanese animator. That's horrifying. The, like that's at the higher end. What? When you think of these people working on weekly TV shows and whatever, like we've talked about this before. There have been stories that I, I just broke th- about how little they make. But once you kind of put that into perspective into, I'm going to say, Canadian or U.S. dollars, mm. right? That's horrifying. Uh, yeah, so here are some commenters from, a quote from a commenter in Japan. Actually, 200,000 yen is higher than other animation companies in Japan. Um, Japanese animation you are enjoying is supported by movie guys with average annual income of $9,000 a year. And monthly income of 90000 Monthly income. So... The rule is you jump the decimal place. So, yeah, typically you make about 900 bucks a month. That's. But even then, they're like, Japan never, Japanese will never criticize anything too harshly. Uh, still, you can live in Tokyo comfortably because that includes a lot of benefits from the government, like healthcare and employment insurance. I guess. Yeah, it turns out that's actually on the more generous side of the pay scale, pay scale for local animators with a 2015 survey revealing the average animator's annual salary is well under 10,000 U.S. What? Uh, animators. That's for an average workday of 11 hours. 11 hours? A day, yep. And uh, with over half of respondents reporting having four or fewer days off a week, including... Uh, sorry, a month. Less than four days off a month, including weekends. What? That's... <laughs> that's anime. Oh, my God. So, stream your shit legally, everyone. Yeah. As much as humanly possible. Um. Wow. So that's anime news talk. I guess we'll take a break here. I thought we were ending on a good note. It's kind of a good note. This face. <laughs> we can go uh, visit Mayasaki's house if we want, and we're fluent in Japanese. We can work for Studio Ghibli, but we're going to be impoverished. But we're already impoverished. And uh, Miyazaki might smack us in the back of the head with like a kendo stick or something. (laughs) Yeah, no. I want to go to that cat rabbit island, whatever it is. Yes. (laughs) Let's go to rabbit island. Who was, someone had a problem with cat or rabbit island and I don't know if I can be friends with them anymore. They have a problem with it? Yeah, they just didn't think it was appealing. And I'm like, how are we friends? (gasps) Well, cats, I could see if you're allergic but rabbits, they're just cute little hoppity boppity things. Just lie on the ground and they can all <laughs> climb up, climb on me and eat my face. And if I got to go, I'll go happy. Wow. <laughs> getting, getting eaten by rabbits and contracting myxomatosis. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And on the second half... Rail, off the rails already. When we come back, friends, we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to get into, I don't know, some stuff. Some stuff. We'll let you all know about Anime North. It was an experience. And collecting-y things. And collecting-y things, including this plushy cat that I bought that I have no idea where I'm going to put. Well, there, apparently. He's very cute, though. We'll see you in a bit. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the show. This is normally the portion of the show where Caitlin and I would talk about the things we brought each other, but not this week. Nope. Too much else to talk about. Just We're just so busy now. 
Yes. It's the life of not actually celebrities, but just people. <laughs> just people. I wish I could even make any claim to fame about anyone ever thinking Then we of. might have people to do some of the things that we have to do. I don't want to go to shoppers to buy paper towels after this. I don't <laughs> want somebody to go do it for me. No, but see, celebrity doesn't always mean wealthy. <laughs> That's the problem. True. So then you'd have to just wear a disguise I'll be, every I'll time. I think the cash me outside girl is still uh, stacking racks from her. No. Her, I'm not even going to say 15, five minutes of, <laughs> of notoriety. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. We got some con talk to get into. Yeah. So con talk 2017, the continuation of con talk. Um, Maybe not the last con. Never know. Fan never expo know. is still looming on the horizon. Yeah. Doubtful because Fan Expo was mad expensive. Yeah, though there apparently there are a couple of like events that surround Fan Expo. <laughs> if Zdarsky Con happens again, yeah. Caitlin and I are both going to that. Oh, in a absolutely. Uh, Zdarsky Con. I think there's a couple of like get-togethers that we don't really like people. So that's gonna be it's gonna be a hump <laughs> to get over. But we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, so you went to Fan Expo. I did not. No, sorry. I went to that again. <laughs> It's all in my head now. Uh, you went to Anime North. I did. And this is the first time you've been since? Uh, I'm guesstimating 99. Oh my... What? 2000. I did post... A, again, get on that Twitter, y'all. At GeekdownPod on Twitter, I posted a photo there and on Facebook, I think, that uh, of the the last time I went yeah. to Anime North. I still had hair. <laughs> I wore a chain wallet. Oh my God. <laughs> it's good times. <laughs> Um, yeah, and like back then, it's always been like out by the airport, but back then it was literally like one hotel. Right. And like, you know, all hotels have that like, you know, area on the ground floor where they have like meeting rooms and a ballroom and things like that. Yeah. One of those in back in the day could contain your dealer's room, your artist alley, your industry booths. Yep. Manga video or whatever had a setup type of thing. ADV back in the day, all these com- companies that are now dead. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, like this could house all of it. Now the hotel only has like the panel rooms. Everything else is in the Toronto Congress Center, which is again way out at the end of the world between Etobicoke and Mississauga. So still very far out there. Very far out there. Almost um, the end of the earth. Almost right, right at the edge of the earth. You know, Baron Munchausen when they go off the, they yeah, literally go off the. I saw that, just right. <laughs> at, I could see that from Stupid Matt's house. Oh yeah, I stayed at Stupid Matt's house. We're gonna get to that in a bit. <laughs> okay, because um, so- apparently somebody wants to hear more Stupid Matt talk. I don't know who you are. I know Stupid Matt put you up to it. So what he's talking about is something that we're gonna do at the end of the show, um, which is our geek down giveaway, which was tied into the survey. Uh, contest which is tied into the survey so we're talking about someone on the survey we don't know who they are because they're anonymous wrote that they wanted to hear more about stupid Matt left a comment that they want more stupid Matt it was not stupid Matt and it wasn't other people who know stupid Matt he then no nobody is copping to this so I don't know who it was but so yeah uh, uh, anyway yes definitely from stupid Matt's house I could see the the edge of the earth if I walked too far I would have fallen off into the abyss at the end of Canada um yeah so we got there First of all, the bus yeah, from Lawrence West Station, which was where I met the companion, um, out to the direction of the uh, of the Congress Center and ultimately Stupid Matt's house. Yeah. Lit. <laughs> Lit bus. Poor Friday commuters. 
trying to make their way back out to Rexdale. (laughs) (laughs) Had no idea what they were getting onto when they boarded the 52 that day. Some guy's holding a giant sign that says, I ship it. Right. And things of that sort. Were there any furries? Uh, Not on that bus. Definitely roaming the con, but yes, not not on that bus. Uh, The craziest moment uh, on our way out was we were at the, uh, we were in like the back back of the bus and got to a point where we ended up both being able to sit, but like ended up kind of having to like talk across a guy. Mm -hmm. Like I had a guy sitting to my right and I was talking to the companion who was sitting on one of the like benches perpendicular to where I was. So we kind of ended up having to talk over this guy. This guy's in a suit. He's got like a briefcase. Looked very businesslike. Yeah. And then suddenly he goes, are you guys going to Anime North? (sighs) We're like, yeah it's like oh yeah i'm just heading back to the i'm just heading back to the hotel that's where i park my car up you know blah blah blah. yeah this guy was gone i don't know what he was doing during the day but he was he was on apparently his way. he was doing business he, during he, the day he was on his way there <laughs> business during the day and at night uh, cosplaying as a pokemon trainer apparently <laughs> as, as he told us really didn't see him but he did tell us he was gonna he was gonna be cosplaying as a pokemon trainer oh that's fantastic there will be random details thrown throughout this but i will say man pokemon is still a thing yeah so huge mm-hmm. like i'm baffled by how huge it still is um yeah so we get there we swing we swing by stupid mats <laughs> um drop our stuff off chat for a bit stupid Matt is a very affectionate cat which made both of us very happy oh that's nice um and then we uh we ubered over to the uh event and it's just i'll never be able to like fully contrast for you how much this has grown i can to what it was yeah the last time i went just a mass of people like we told the dude he was trying to pull up to the congress center and it's like bro just let us off here we'll walk the rest of the way because you're not getting in uh fun detail from this weekend toronto congress center is actually two buildings a north and a south building yes and another image i posted which may have confused some people (laughs) when i posted it on day two when I saw the uh, the parking direction sign, uh, the South Building had all the Anime North insanity. Mm-hmm. The North Building had the leadership conference of the Canadian Conservative Party. Yep. As they picked their next federal party leader. Yep. That's a mix of folks. I just, I would love to have seen some kind of mix of that. Some... Oh, we saw some dudes. Oh, really? We were, uh, we were, shouts to Hank Daddy's who had a food truck there. I ate so much pulled pork this that weekend. <laughs> um we were sitting on like a curb, like just watching cosplayers and like, listen, you could, I'm not encouraging anybody to do this, but like, holy shit, if it's a nice weekend, you could go, not pay, hang out in the parking lot and have a great fucking weekend. Right. Like so much of the action is just outside. Yeah. Informal cosplay shoots. Like I saw lots of picture taking. I heard lots of, I didn't post this. I have a video of this, but I didn't post it of a uh, Haikyuu cosplayers actually playing volleyball. It made me very happy actually they just had like an informal volleyball game i think they were waiting for their photo shoot to start right uh and they just started playing volleyball <laughs> they were out there i'm right. like this is the best thing ever <laughs> um so yeah this was on saturday and there had already been some things that got retweeted where like you know some rep from the party was like just a reminder we're in the north building you've been warned <laughs> yeah and be nice <laughs> type of thing um which, to be fair, the anime people already got as well in the Facebook group. It was like, don't be assholes. You're representing our community. You're representing yeah. the event. Don't troll the Tories. Because <laughs> conservative means the same thing in Canada that it means everywhere else, friends. Yep. 
Yes, it not, does. Not exactly a political alignment I think Caitlin and I ascribe to, nor do most people who probably listen to this show. So No. And if you do, you have definitely gone to the wrong podcast. You are wrong in the pod- wrong podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so we <laughs> at one point we're eating. We're just watching cosplayers, and it's amazing, and it's a gorgeous day. And these two, like... These two olds in like sport coats and plaid shirts, yep. and jeans and penny loafers go walking behind. It's like, yep, know where they came from. <laughs> they just wanted to marvel at the the insanity around them, the weirdos around them. Yep. Um, so, what are your highlights? Oh God, because I have some I have some notes here. Um, so Friday, ultimately, like we did not come close to like maximizing the con experience. I don't know how you maximize the con experience, really. Because there's so much happening. I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and have something, say it has something to do either with cocaine <laughs> or, or amphetamines. Or total violation of the 621 rule, which we did adhere to. Um, um, and for those of you who have not heard Jordan's 621 rule. Uh, six hours of sleep a night, two meals a day, one shower a day. Yeah. Mandatory. I did not catch many people... Uh, flagrantly violating the one in the 621 rule but my companion apparently did (laughs) she pointed out a few times that she was getting ripeness from people around her the big hook of and the thing we wanted to hit the most um from friday was as mentioned before this uh nomi noichi this flea market thing they were having right oh damn guess who is getting a table next year for nomi noichi would it be the companion uh, it's both of us. Oh, really? <laughs> guess who's getting? Guess who's going back to his parents' house? Oh, getting just, all the figures. Yep. Already with an offer from the companion that, like, if you can't keep, if you don't have room in the poly pocket, you can keep them at my, you know, I'll store them at my house. And right. then when it's time, we sell in everything. I'm gonna make. Hey, maybe you'll make enough to go to Japan. Maybe, honestly, maybe. It was lit. It was crazy in Whoa, there. Oh, wow. Um, and the only moment, and, and provided my only wig out moment of, the companion thought it was very cute whenever I would wig out about something, because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, I'm a fucking old ass man. <laughs> um, as we were approaching the Congress Center, and I did tweet about this, seeing the frequency of cosplayers increase. Yeah. As we got there, uh, we were keeping an informal butt count throughout the uh, throughout the weekend. Right. It's like, well. As you do. It's a butt. <laughs> There's a butt. <laughs> Lots of camis from Street Fighter walking around. Mm. Lots of butts there. Yep. But yeah, we're going along. It's like, oh yeah, you're going to see lots of this, lots of that. And I looked and I was like, or an absence of pants. And then I realized the person without pants was cosplaying a swim swim from Magical Girl Raising Project. Yep. And I got real excited. <laughs> I was like, oh no, wait, that's a swim swim. <laughs> <laughs> and I look over and she's just giving me this look. And I'm like, shut up. That's what it's about, right? Getting really excited. Um, So that made me really excited. But the moment that I got super amped about and was totally not expecting was... So we're making our way through, like, this took all night, really. This, this the Nome Because no we yeah. wanted to hit every booth, every table. And you're kind of, like, moving at a snail's pace as people keep stopping and they're looking at stuff. And there are people selling old figures and old DVDs they don't want anymore, old manga, old magazines, like, right. you know, Anime, An America or Otaku USA, you know, those type of magazines. We go by this one and I see sitting on the table the Telltale logo and I start going... It's the first time I've used her name this entire process, but I start going, Jess, 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 just, just Jess, and I'm pointing. I'm like, just grab it. Just grab it. And there are two perfume books sitting on this one booth. And mm-hmm. she looks at me and she's like, which one? I'm like, it's both. Just grab everything. <laughs> <laughs> and she hands them to me. And pro tip for con going, yeah. don't react like that No. when you see things. 
because then you have totally lost any ability to haggle. Um, and haggling is actually a big thing. It is a huge part of yeah. any con experience. So if you're going to go with, if you if you know you're going to go and buy stuff, bring someone who knows how to haggle. And just, yeah. And that, honestly, shouts to Mr. Malosh. Because back in my like frequent con going days, yeah. like when we used to go to Motor City Comic Con or, or back when we went to Fan Expo then, Mr. Malosh never paid full price for anything. He was the king of the haggle. Nice. Um, and my companion, pretty close second. She did not pay full price for anything that weekend she was but guess who did guess who did me because when i'm holding both of these things and the woman who was there was like oh are you a perfume fan i'm like yeah a little bit (laughs) um she points out she did have some other things she had some cd singles and she had the um the dvd of the first time they played new york right which i don't really think comes with any like bonuses or anything and i have that concert downloaded so i didn't really feel the need to buy it but these books are both it is the uh the tour pamphlet yep. from the Level 3 tour, which was 2013, I think. It mm-hmm. was like their biggest tour. And really, this is the moment where I fell in love with them. Right. This is the moment where I was like, okay, they make some cute songs, whatever. But this is where they like graduated into like, they're women who will slay your entire ass. like just. And this has my like favorite photos of them they've ever taken. Um, this other thing that I bought just says, Perfume 4th Tour in Dome Level 3. So the woman selling it is like... Oh, that was just for fan club members. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, I had no idea what it was when I bought it. It turns out it is, you know, completely text free. This thing is like, I can't even like estimate. <laughs> I'm dropping my phone <laughs> on the floor. That, I wanted to be like, no. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I can't even guesstimate the size on this thing. It's like 24 by 18. It's like the size of a tabloid news, bigger than a tabloid newspaper, basically. I think that's 17. 17 whatever anyway it like comes in a box it's like slip cased um it is actually quite beautiful and then you take it out and it's got this gorgeous like just level three in this like extended font and it's just photos from the tour like gorgeous photos from that and this was their biggest tour it was in like the tokyo dome it's like fifty thousand people type of thing backstage photos and whatnot and i'm in the harveys afterwards when i finally (laughs) deigned to look at it just like oh my god i regret nothing um now if i hadn't reacted like i had when she said it's thirty five for both, you could have knocked it down. So, uh, so it's thirty five each, so seventy for both. I could have been like, "Will you take 60? Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, can't really do that when you go. Oh my god, just just grab it. <laughs> <laughs> can't do that. No, you're paying the seventy dollars, and I did. I didn't care. Um, but then I think I posted a photo of of that of me cradling those that the companion took. Though that I was going to say, but then, moral of the story, you can't take a cab and you get home at 3.45 <laughs> a couple nights later. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to spend that 30 bucks on an Uber. Let me take this two-hour trek on the fucking bus. So, yeah, after we... she, I can't even list everything she bought. Yeah. She got some good-ass shit. She got this, like... It was in the style of, like, a Lego figure, but it was, like, Dragon Ball era Goku. Ooh. Like, where he was, like, driving the levitating car type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And it came with like the little cat and like a teapot and goggles for Goku and the car and him. And it was like $5. Oh, wow. That is good. Um, She got a, uh, she's crazy Inuyasha. So this is a big event for her because yeah. Inuyasha is old. Doesn't really get a lot of play anymore. Yeah. Um, And she got some figure of her. There's like a cute little cat that turns into like a giant beast type of thing in Inuyasha and like a ninja girl who rides it and... She got a figure of the ninja girl riding like the giant beast. I think is twenty bucks. She got it down, got her down to fifteen. Ooh. That type of thing. Yeah, just a b- 
bunch of stuff. Again, like who regrets not keeping all of those fucking VHS tapes he abandoned in his first Toronto apartment? Me, because guess who saw people selling VHS no. tapes? Yeah, bro. VHS tapes. That's gonna sting. I had like three hundred. If I could have sold like a fraction of them for like a buck a piece, like that's ooh, that's gonna sting. Taking fifteen dollars for some of those. You also have to do the uh, like the calculation of how much retail space or rental space those VHSs would be taken. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, so when the time comes, I don't know how much tables at Nome no Ichi cost, but we're going to be wanting to keep it uh, minimal. Uh, and then after that, here's a fun story. I don't remember if I told you this mm. at the time. We go to the Harveys again. Lit that poor <laughs> staff. They had to have known. Somebody had to tell yeah. them. The Harveys was directly next to the Congress Center. It took us maybe like 20 minutes to get our food. And as we're walking, she was ahead of me. And as she walks to get a table. I'm filling my drink. I go over behind her and as set the tray down. There's a dude on the floor next to a girl who's on the floor, kind of passed out, kind of going. What? Something has happened. She has passed out. She's seizuring like something <gasps> has happened. Oh, God. Guess who just got trained on first aid? <laughs> you did. Oh, my gosh. And you were all bitching about I'm everything. Like, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Uh, all I did was help him turn her because he was doing it improperly. <laughs> But get her onto her side, and then somebody from the staff came over and was like, "No, nah. somebody called the ambulance," and then she like took it over, and we went to the other side of the restaurant and ate our food. But I was like, "I'm not about to start doing compressions on on this." She didn't need it anyway. She was just like having a seizure type thing. And the ambulance came, and the companion kept making jokes about remember when that chick died in the Harvey's. So I'm like, <laughs> she didn't fucking die in the Harvey. She's fine. She- Partially, just dehydrated. Partially because of she you. did not choke on her vomit because I helped to turn her onto her side. See, uh, so thanks, major Canadian retailer, for paying for my first aid training. I knew it was going to come around. Um, and then we went to uh, karaoke, which is something the my companion greatly wanted to go to. She loves karaoke. Yeah. So highlights of karaoke you can see on Twitter. I posted a video of uh, a full cosplayer. As Toru singing the theme to Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Made, yes. made me real happy. And I believe I uh, captioned it as, took y'all long enough when the Yuri on Ice theme totally destroyed. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can hear me bellowing it at that moment, but I was, I can't really hear I was bellowing it. Uh. Um, again, much to my companions, like, ugh. Really? Roll. Meanwhile, if you go, listen, I'm not going to put her on blast, but if you ever find her Instagram, you can like see her losing her mind to the uh, Pokemon 2000 theme song that somebody <laughs> sang. She was real excited about that, and both of us got really excited, and we're like late getting back to Stupid Mats because somebody decided to sing uh, Utada Hikaru's Sanctuary, which is the theme from Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, a beautiful song, and we both and we both love. Uh, we were like packing up to leave. And like, ha, 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 ha. we were both like, oh, we ain't going nowhere. We're gonna stay in here. We're gonna be like five minutes late, Matt. Um, gotta say about karaoke, and this is like first two things about karaoke. I guess if I have one takeaway, we'll get to takeaways from the weekend as we go along. But like, early lesson was like, liking anime is weird. Yeah, it's a weird thing to like. Even in the weird thing I like, I'm a weirdo. Right. Because like the songs that people were getting mad excited for. It's like, wow, y'all really love Chobits. Like, <laughs> I only vaguely remember that show as a thing, but everybody got super excited when the theme started. Yeah, like, I don't like the things that other people like. Like, I got super is, excited when I saw the Cabinary cosplayer, and she was, like, the only one I saw all weekend. This like, is this is how I feel about, like, comic books. Yeah. 
like all these people I know who love comic books, they all love like superhero comic mm. books. And I'm like, eh. I'm over here reading fanographic shit yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, feeling like a weirdo, even in the weird thing you like. And also the dude running the karaoke was a straight savage. Really? <laughs> these dudes who had been like, kind of like partying, jamming type of thing and shouts, they were cosplaying as a, uh, as <laughs> Characters from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, right. I don't know which characters. I assume their names were JoJo. Uh, <laughs> definitely the old dude who goes, oh my god, oh shit. <laughs> that, that guy was in there. Um, I don't remember what song they did first. But basically they had all signed up. There were like four or five of them. And they had all signed up back to back to back. Right. And I don't remember the song the first guy did. But then the second guy went and it was a theme song to Inuyasha. So right. companion, very excited. He gets about to the first course and it cuts off. And everybody's like, what? And I'm going to say this for you. No one else will get it. This is totally a regional, re- uh, totally regional reference. This dude was Ross. Oh, no. <laughs> and the guy we used to work with, that major Canadian retailer. Um, and he was like, that's what we do to stage hogs at Anime North Karaoke. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what? <laughs> he figured out that these guys all signed up back to back to back and we're going to hog the stage for like 20 minutes. And he was like, nope, not happening. <laughs> Oh, no. Not his watch. Oh, no. And then, like, somebody else went up, and one of these dudes, like, started, like, dancing next to them. And he didn't cut him off. He let him finish. But definitely, when it was over, he's like, you guys need to stop making this about you. Don't go on stage unless you're, like, explicitly invited. You had your moment, so let these people. Oh. That's their moment. so awkward. Yeah. And we're in the audience just like, (gasps) what? And then this dude decided he wanted to sing Paranoid Android. The host. Really? Which is technically the ending theme to a show called Ergo Proxy, but it's also six minutes long and has mad instrumental breaks. Oh my god. Maybe you need to know your audience. Also, anime songs in general, really fucking long. <laughs> yeah. Unless maybe. they're great, like, at, at uh, Yuri on Ice. But even then, like, maybe maybe TV size next year. Look at that smooth 90-second, two-minute version yeah. in there instead of the five-minute version. Because a lot of them have instrumental breaks. But yeah, it's still like... Super fun and definitely the moment where, and this is, a, again, takeaway moment. I'll put dings in and post every time it's a takeaway moment. It was definitely, like, the moment where I realized that I am with people who are all speaking the same language. Yeah. Like. It's your tribe. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't want to claim all of them. No. <laughs> well, you never want all, to. But, but definitely, like, it's the only place where, like, when I hear the theme song to Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid yeah. start up and get excited. There will be other people in the room who get equally as excited. <laughs> it's the only time in my life that's going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, that was Friday. Friday was really laid back. Like I said, doing the dealer or the flea market thing was super intensive and, yeah. and long. And that took up the bulk of the night. And we stayed at karaoke for a long time. Oh, because my companion was singing as well. Yeah. Uh, she wanted to go up and sing. And <laughs> she was really worried about it. And then she also picked an Inuyasha theme song. As I tried to tell her, the people the people are very hungry for Inuyasha now because they were mad excited when those dudes went up and then they got cut off and everybody's yep. like starving for it. Yeah. And then we went back to Stupid Matt's. Uh, I was really worried about... Here's your Stupid Matt talk, listeners. Um, I was really worried about... Uh, Matt refused to give us a key. Okay. I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> Matt, why didn't you just give us a fucking key? Um, so we were always relying on getting in his building from him. He had to come and get yeah. us every time. So it's like 2.30 at this point yeah we still got to find an uber and get out there um and i'm trying to like he's like well no we'll be up it's fine like just text me when you're here 
So I'm texting him throughout the night, like trying to keep him entertained. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like up and awake. <laughs> so last thing I want is to get like fucking stranded out there outside of his building. Yeah. And at one point he says, no, it's fine. My girlfriend's just playing Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be up. And sure enough, by the time we get back there, she was. She really likes Breath of the Wild. She really does. She likes it a lot more than Matt. Uh, <laughs> I said something about... I had people, So Matt, Matt hasn't been a major Canadian retailer for a while because uh, he's been off doing his placement and because they knew some co-workers and even management knew I was going to be staying there with them. They're like, I, I want I want details of... I want to know about Matt's life. Like, tell me about Matt's life. <laughs> I told Matt that and he's like, what kind of life is this, Jordan? <laughs> what is this? Is this a life... <laughs> My girlfriend plays more attention to Zelda than me. I've read so many actual books. <laughs> she just sits around and read while she plays Zelda. That sounds like a great relationship. I was, I was like, I was like she, well, she won't be playing Zelda forever. And then <laughs> his girlfriend is very kind of introverted. And I didn't want to like try to, <laughs> I didn't want to try to engage with her. But like, I know I'm not going to try to like make a conversation with somebody who's yeah. like, you know, you're doing us a solid by letting us staying here. I'm not going to be like going to try to intrude on your life as little as possible um but we just heard her name's val and we just heard val from down the hallway going but then i have to start persona (laughs) persona 5 is like a 300 hour jrpg i was like well matt (laughs) you better find it take up soccer or something get more books you'd be reading so much um yeah so that was saturday we headed down this was dealer room day right this was fully and this was the longest day obviously because this one went long into the night so we started and this is probably the best part overall was the uh like the artist alley like the fan art right and again another thing that we came away from with me shaking my companion because she's also a very talented artist she's been to the you know ontario college of art and design for illustration um i personally think she's very good and i think she could probably make some money if she got a booth and did a bunch of prints Mm -hmm. up that type of thing and just you know seeing what people have done and seeing what's popular that's you you kind of gauge the temperature of fandom based on what you see oh yeah what people have chosen to draw um so this is should be said for people who don't know this is like amateur artists yeah doing fan art which are crazy illegal from a copyright perspective yes but uh, who's gonna police it really yeah um i appreciate and no shots to anybody who just does they're especially in the anime world anime and manga world you either make it look like you drew it right which is something i always appreciate about uh my companion's style like mm-hmm. it always looks like she drew it it's not yeah. a straight ripoff of the actual character design she doesn't really do like big eyes the big eye style so she doesn't when she draws the characters it has the type of eyes she usually does there were artists there who did the same thing and i'm always kind of drawn to those more than people who just kind of look like kind of ape the style of the show or the manga right um a lot of Dragon Maid in the house as well. The only piece of art I bought, which I ended up buying on Sunday. Uh, is adorable. Which I show Caitlin and is on Twitter uh, as well. Is a postcard of my daughter, Kana, from Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. She's uh, a dragon, Jordan. Looking at, she's my daughter, looking at a butterfly going by and just the thought bubble of a knife and fork. Because as viewers of the show know, she eats a lot of bugs. They A knife and fork, but they're in a cross pattern. In a cross. As in she like, should not eat it. Do not eat this. Um, a lot of cosplay, a lot of kind of cosplayers right. as well throughout the weekend. Companion uh, <laughs> thought it was weird every time we were walking through until I go, my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of weird, but you're kind of weird. And the whole thing is kind of weird. Kana so is okay. everyone's daughter. Come on now. Protect Kana. Hashtag protect Kana. And then there was a, uh, here's for you after that, across from the artist alley. Oh. Crafter's Corner. <gasps> Crafter's Corner? Homemade plushies. What? Glasswork. 
that funny enough the glass work is uh-huh. it like glasses or they actually sometimes sometimes they were like glasses with fandomy things on them and sometimes it was like glass kind of sculpture like blown glass so type the, of thing the actual like glasses with stuff etched into them i know those people um there was one in the actual dealer's room which was much more professional and then some people just kind of like were obviously a more like they don't want to say amateurish it was but I mean, it was dealer's room person okay that we did see them yeah they had a they must be doing well they had a big ass display um i think so i think it was them yeah crafter's corner was i'll get pins pins, pins are the thing People, if you want to make some money, this is what I told the kid about as well for um, if she does something, because I remember this from the band days, like buttons. Oh my God, yes, buttons. Buttons, like actual like buttons you can make with a button maker. Yeah. Not enamel pins. No, like that's no. Different, but like buttons, buttons like your classic, yeah. what you think of being a kid, buttons. Yeah. Even from the band days, b- business talk for all your creative types, the margins on buttons. Is crazy. Crazy good. You could sell them for like, you could sell them for two bucks. Yeah. And they cost like 15 cents to make. Like, yeah. From the band days when we were like, you know, trying to move merch, buttons were the things that A, sold the best. Yeah. And we had like a good like logo. It could just like be what it was. Yeah. They sold like crazy and we made crazy money margin wise from those. So I'm like telling her like, get you know on that. We got to make some buttons now. We do have to make some buttons now. And yeah, pins are killing it right now too. Like enamel well, pins. Pins is a thing. When we were in uh, Disney World last year, mm. it was all about. There was literally walls of pin, like collectors pins. Oh yeah, the the kid was just throwing money at everybody who had pins. She bought so many pins yeah. at this, and you can like make them for everything. The one I like best, I don't. The people at this booth, I feel they had their own. I don't. I don't remember the name. I'm sure I grabbed their business card, but I've probably since lost it. Um, they had one pin and just some like big like fat block letters was like. IDK and IDC. So right. I don't know and I don't care. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you need, you need that one. <laughs> you need that one, kid. And I, I think I posted this on Twitter as well. These dudes who were doing like per order, they only had like five or six they can make, but they were doing them like on a per order basis. These like busts of anime characters. Did you see that photo? No. Oh my God. I haven't seen it. My phone's on the floor. Remember when I dropped it? <laughs> Okay, yeah, so here we have, uh, I think it's mostly Overwatch characters, but there's also Saitama from One Punch Man on the end. Oh, wow. They just kind of look like blank, you know, ceramic yeah. busts, but they were kind of doing them, look like they were doing them to order because somebody wanted to buy one just as is, and they right. were like, oh, no, we have to, like, make it, so can you come back at this time? Huh. I don't know how much they were going for, but yeah, they were crazy good. Um, And then we went to the dealer's room itself, which... Did not was beautiful to look at. Did not really have much for me, no per se, because you know I took a photo of. Did you see that one? The massive statue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just figure statues on display, and they're all like forty, fifty bucks. And it's like if I was a different person, if I was twenty five year old Jordan, would have been like, make it rain. Thirty <laughs> nine year old Jordan are like, those are all beautiful, and I have nowhere to put them, so nope. I'm not spending any money. Which we will get into when we talk about collecting. You know what I did spend money on? What? Snacks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Not expecting the uh, Japanese snack vendor to be there selling haichus. You, and... you need to come to Hamilton. We've got nations. They've just they've literally got two full aisles of just snacks. Yo, can, do they got, they got Sakura Kit Kats? Yeah. Yeah, they do. You got, I will give you some money when you leave. Okay. Some Sakura Kit Kats. I, I will. Um, could not get Sakura Kit Kats at the uh, at the at this booth. Uh, they only had the the matcha ones, yeah. which are still delightful. Yeah, you never had matcha Kit Kats. Um, 
and I got a, I got a Ramune, which is that soda with the little glass ball in it. Right. Um, did not taste very good. I should have gone. <laughs> shouldn't have gone with strawberry. It tasted very artificial. Um, the kid bought like a bunch of grab bags with like just deliciousness in them. It, was it like a surprise bag? Yeah. Oh, I love surprise bags. Um, it was transparent. It was cellophane. You could see oh, what was in it. Oh, but okay. uh, I like the ones where you can't. Definitely had a bunch of different stuff in it. And then, for some reason, I don't know why this person was here, but the kid was like, we got to go find the dude who sells the English candy. <laughs> some dude was selling, like, you know, English candy. And she's like, you have to get a snowball. Which Ugh. I thought, no. You're thinking of, like, the spongy cake ones? No, I'm thinking the ones that... No, I'm pretty sure we're thinking the same thing. With the marshmallow? Okay. So, there, it's it's the uh, company is Tun... No. Tun's... Okay. Anyway, traditionally we think of snowballs as being like the pink things, the pink spongy cake things that are kind of coconutty. Yeah. These are like just a solid, you know, that floof, yes. <laughs> that marshmallow paste, yes. covered in chocolate with coconut on it. Yeah. Okay. Far the, superior the, than the ones I was no, no, expecting. No. The best thing are the tea cakes, which is made by the same company, but it doesn't have the gross freaking coconut around it. We are. Uh, I do not appreciate the shots taken at coconut on this podcast. Coconut is disgusting. Anyways, get at us on Twitter, fam. Pro or anti coconut? Um, coconut is gross. We'll post that poll up later. And uh, the the best thing are tea cakes, which is the exact same thing except without the gross coconut. Um, that does sound good, actually. Anything and chocolate covered floof. What's what could possibly be bad? Right. Um, and then the kid also recommended uh, bonbons. Bonbons. They're like starburst adjacent. They're very intensely fruit flavored. Um, they had like blue raspberry and, and black currant and things like that. And yeah. Well, the, and okay. So the moral of the snack story. <laughs> Snacks are the most dangerous thing for me at a convention. And that you had offered to try and save me something. <laughs> so I would have felt bad if I had all this, you know, delicious food and did not save any for Caitlin. Yeah. But it means I have to be like, hey, do you like these? Do you like that? And it's never a matter of that she doesn't like them. She likes all of it. Mm-hmm. Longtime listeners of the show will remember there are many things she can't slash won't consume. Well, the problem is, is I can't. So I can't have the dairy. Yes. Um, and I, that means any like dairy like derivative. There's a lot of like casein in stuff mm-hmm. that I can't have. They just throw it in there because they're jerks. Um, it makes me sick. And then I've tried, I am in the progress still of cutting out a lot of artificial sugar and sweetener. Yes. Um, which is all these things are. Which is, yeah, it's all corn syrup. It's all fructose. Um, so it's been, it's been not the best. I've, I've done it really intensely over the last couple of days. I had the worst iced tea in my entire life, which was, it was sugar free. It was just tea and water. And it made me sad. Sounds terrible. Is that Busker Fest? <laughs> I just, I was so sad. Still haunting her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Snacks are amazing. Caitlin couldn't have any. It's unfortunate. Uh, what the hell else did we do that day? Uh, pulled pork is delicious, as we established. Shouts to Hank Daddies again. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, the general vibe of like, you know, hanging out in the parking lot while we ate. And there was like, you know, stage with bands playing all day. And there may have been. Oh, they had music? Oh, yeah. Oh, I uh, didn't really get to see any of it, but um, there may have been little people wrestling at one point. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Caitlin didn't like that. Hmm. That's appropriate. Um, 
I think this was the first time we jaunted over to the hotel in that whole vibe. When we finally got over to the hotel, the first thing we did was we just kind of wandered into one of the video rooms. And we did not know what the hell they were showing. It turns out it was this thing called Genius Party, which was uh, basically an anthology film. Sorry, you did not see that. My face did a little frowny face. I was like, huh? <laughs> Uh, I had no idea what this thing is. It's called Genius Party. It's an anthology film for uh, this one studio. Um, I don't remember the name of the studio. I'm sure the nerd out there is screaming right now. <laughs> um, it was a bunch of shorts by a bunch of different animators. And that just means they get mad freaky and don't really care about plot. And it's all about like how it looks and what can we do type of thing. Huh. Um, I've since gone back and looked at some of these. There were two. There was Genius Party Beyond and Genius Party 1. And the first one, I've since gone back and discovered that, like, Shinichiro Wananabe, Cowboy Bebop, Kids on the Slope, yeah, Samurai Champloo, he had a short in one of their, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Kawamori, Mr. Macross, the guy who did Macross Plus. Right. He had a short in there as well on one of them. Um, I want to say it's, a, it's like a studio called, like, Four Degrees or something like that. <laughs> um, but whatever one we walked into at first was there's just nothing but, like, pounding techno music and, like, super weird stuff and, like... A person's puking a comment and like i don't even so fun know what <laughs> we're just like what did we super fun what did we walk into um and then we went uh they have game shows that run throughout as well right so we went to this one thing um that was is basically a meme making competition like they would throw up a weird image from a show yeah or something um and you would just have to, to like try to come up with a caption for it some troubling threads in there oh, dear. for what anime fans think is funny. Mm. You know what's funny? What? Homosexuality. Oh, God. Or gays. Oh, or God. the gay. See, this is the part. So... Do you want to get into troublesome moments? Because I got some troublesome moments for you. Um, In a sec. Okay. So, Kaim and I have been discussing a lot about fandom lately. Mm. Kaim, friend of the show. He's taken over for us a couple times when one or either of us, well, either of us have been on vacation. Um, and there's always a, a section of the fandom, right? That you're like, you just said it. Um, you, they're your tribe, but you don't want to. Don't want to claim all of them. Don't want to claim all of them. And this is the part where you see it in the, th you know, the thread or you see it in the comment section or. Oh, teaser for five minutes from now. I'm going to trump all of this, but. Well, there's always Hit me. it's it's always just there's there's sometimes there's problematic stuff there or the, these people who like the thing you like are just they have such a different idea. They're awful. Of, yeah, they're awful. They're awful. Just say it. They're the worst. Anime fans, you're you can be awful. We know this. Yeah. And I've said this before about conventions. I think we're like this is their moment to really throw their fucks out the window. Yeah. Because they feel safe. And cool. Everyone should feel safe. But at the same time, I should feel safe, too. And if your safe space is tinged with homophobia and general creepiness, yeah, that's a problem. It's a problem. Do you want to know why we can't have nice things, Caitlin? Why? So we talked about the dealer's room. I forgot to mention this at the time. Let's get the brightness right up. This was seen in the dealer's oh, room. No. Yeah, let's just get the real time there. What the hell? I didn't post this on Twitter because I didn't want any of the like potential blast back from people trying to justify this. So what this is, is what Caitlin's looking at is a photo I took of a body pillow. Oh that my I God. Found. Body pillows are those giant pillows that you cuddle up with. Yeah. Um, if, if there's any sort of totem of like anime fandom at its worst, it's probably the body pillow. Oh God. It's kind of what always okay. gets thrown out there. No one yeah. look at it anymore. No. Um, it is 
clearly naked with her bits obscured by uh, post-its, I believe. It is clearly uh, Umaro-chan from Himoto Umaro-chan in her not trash bag form in her like, you know, (laughs) adult. No, because she's a teenager. Yeah. Because she's a high school student and she's buck ass naked with her, you know, telltale hamster hoodie on. That's technically illegal. This is a problem, anime. Yeah, it's a problem. And that actually is technically illegal in Canada. More than likely. And I did not take a photo of the second day on Sunday where we found a vendor that was selling nothing but naked body pillows. That's horrifying. This is a problem. Don't try to tell me this is okay. It's a problem. It's a huge problem. I will never be okay with that anime. No. This is why we can't have nice things. This is why fucking when... But this didn't come up in news, but like the New York Times wrote a story about like streaming cartoon services yeah. and touched on Crunchyroll with like the lightest of gloves yeah. and mentioned some show, some garbage show that they happened to stumble into. Um, and it just became like, the normies don't understand fucking anime and the subtleties of the cultural differences. Bruh! <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Just stop it. Do better. Do better. That's why we can't have nice things. And if, listen, if you bought, if you bought... That body pillow, you got bigger problems, my dude. Yeah. It's not ironic. You're not being subversive. No. You're just being a fucking perv. It's just weird. And you're gross. It's gross. It's just gross. Gross is a really good word for it. I'm not going to tell you it's not gross because it's fucking gross. It's super gross. Anyway, on to things that are less gross. A uh, guy named Mike Toole, who does work for uh, Anime News Network and a bunch of other places, went, yeah. to, two, went to two of his panels. Oh, cool. He had one called, uh, it was basically, I think I called it, it was basically about janky Korean bootleg anime. Okay. Um, the companion later said it was like the best history class ever because it was about, so we know that you maybe, we don't know that Korea does a lot of the like grunt work for animation. Right. They have done this for a very long time. They have done it for anime. So sometimes to make things for the domestic audience, they just kind of piggybacked on the stuff they were already doing. Right. Making the slightest of changes. <laughs> um. A lot of the examples had to do with this uh, robot who is clearly lifted from a design perspective of uh, Mazinger Z, which was a classic Japanese giant robot. Okay. It's called Taekwon V. It's a robot that fights with the National Art of, National Martial Art of Korea. Right. It's apparently an institution in Korea. It's like a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really just the, the flagrancy with which Korea would rip things off. <laughs> um and apparently, as we came to find out, this died down in the 80s because when the uh, Olympics came to Seoul, they really tried to like get that yeah. out of here. Because yeah. these dudes would show in theaters. Like these were like, these, oh, were, wow. these were not like back alley things sold on the back alley. Like these were things that just would, you could go to the multiplex and watch these things. Right. Including one that I don't remember her name, but it was clearly Wonder Woman. <laughs> Amazing. She even spun and transformed and like blocked things with her bracelets. Or Golden Bat, who was originally like a dude with a skull. And then later on, clearly became Batman. <laughs> uh, Golden Bat could fly. Right. Golden Bat was uh, not deterred by lava. Okay. Golden Bat got lava dumped on him and just flew out of, of the lava. He beats the shit out of people <laughs> and like rips their arms off. Golden Bat does not fuck around. Uh, um, so it was Mike Tool's first panel and Mike Tool's second panel that we went to on Sunday was Dub's Time Forgot, which originally I thought was going to be like... Oh, weird, you know, shitty dubs from like, you know, the 80s when I was watching stuff. It was like a little more, it was basically about like places that would dub things in English where like English was not their first language. (laughs) 
Like the Philippines? Nice. A bunch of car- bunch of anime went to the Philippines, got dubbed in English, and ultimately ended up getting like banned by Ferdinand Marcos. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but it was like, you know, totally the like, Professor, I don't know what to do. Shut up. Get in the robot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that type of thing. Um, yeah, both like, both like really good fa- panels and super informative and not what I was expecting from them like at all. Um, and what else did we do on Sunday? Sunday, I wanted to see, I've mentioned, I think I mentioned before I went to the con, this group of perfume fans who do like dance covers and for mm-hmm. a bunch of years they've gone to something called the, uh, the Pop Idol Dance Showcase, right. which happens at Anime North. And basically just people do dance covers of, you know, their favorite songs. Uh, we did, we missed them. I did see, I don't know what song they were doing, but there were like 20 of them and they all had awesome cosplays <laughs> and it was the super peppiest j-pop i've ever heard in my life and i gotta find this song afterwards i have a video of it, it makes me very happy when people are like how was anime north i just show them that video <laughs> um yeah that that was super fun we did like a final tour of like the dealer's room um and the arts market there were some parts we, we somehow managed to miss some aisles so we uh, stopped through them again um the kid made out like a bandit again in like a on these like Lucy's like some vendor had just had like a like a Tupperware bin with unpackaged figures like disassembled right but she found these two figures from the show Gurren Lagann uh that we were both fans of I'm not a fan enough of it to want to buy any figures but mm-hmm. she is um she made a killing on those including this one dude who was like so Gurren Lagann is basically <laughs> You'll love this, even though it's not like that. You can call it Dick the Anime. It's basically just about... Okay. It's by... Before Studio Trigger was formed, the people who made Kill la Kill, a lot of people who made Kill la Kill worked on Gurren Lagann when it was a Gainax show. And if Kill la Kill was trying, maybe unsuccessfully, to be like Shonen with girls, this was fully like, let's just take Shonen and fucking bury it in sixth. Okay. And leave it there. There's a meme of Gurren Lagann that's like a still shot of somebody saying, we need a bigger drill. <laughs> and the caption is, that's it. That's the show. Amazing. Eventually, uh, robots are throwing galaxies at each other. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's You want to talk fucking capital A anime? Uh, but when the show starts, it's basically this robot that's just a head. A head with arms and legs. Okay. Um, And she found a figure of that. <laughs> and she got super excited. And this guy is like... Oh, is that Lagan? This is the show's named after the two robots, Gurren and Lagan, and yeah. they combine and whatever. Um, and she's like, "Yeah, oh man, you're so lucky. I cosplayed a Simone yesterday, but I didn't want to do it again today." And like later on, the kid was like, "Was he trying to like guilt me into like giving me my fi- <laughs> giving me the figure?" That it's like it's not gonna work, bro. No. <laughs> like, like you didn't find it, tethered swimming, <laughs> like. Um, I'm sorry. What did you just say? Tethered te- swimming. Oh, sorry. That's a Deep Simpsons reference. Oh, okay. Is it when the? It's when they're it's when they're late to sign yeah. up for gym classes, yeah. and it's and it's if we don't get there on time, it's going to be TS for all of oh, us. That's... And you think he means tough shit, but, but it's, it's tethered, tethered swimming. swimming. Yeah, <laughs> it's Ralph tied <laughs> tied to a dock, just going. I don't feel right. <laughs> um, my favorite uh, Simpsons jokes ever. Um, and yeah, we just kind of hung around. I bought more snacks. <laughs> um. And then we started hearing, you know, the announcements about, you know, it's going to be closing in half an hour. It's going to be closing in 20 minutes and be closing in 15 minutes. And then it was done. And we were like, well, maybe they're still showing stuff at the hotel. And then we like 
went back to the hotel and they were already like tearing stuff down and like a bunch of bummed out cosplayers hanging out listen i was taken aback by how sad i was that it was was over. over yeah i was legit having such a good time while i was there because and i said this to the kid as well I said earlier, you know, it was like feeling like we speak the same language. I feel like that's even more the case now because when I went the last time, we all kind of liked this thing, but we all liked different things. It was dependent on what you amassed and maybe this can get into like collecting because the only way to watch the stuff was to acquire it. You had to know somebody, you had to buy the tapes or you had a rent, you had a cool rental place in your city that you could watch this stuff. Now we're all on fucking Crunchyroll, and we can all watch the same thing. And even if we don't know, even if I don't know the total ins and outs of Konosuba, I I can, yeah, some, it's another fantasy anime, but like I can recognize the characters. I recognize that cosplay when I'm out and about, I've seen the images, you know? That's how it feels like we're all more like on speaking the same language on the same page. Like fandom as a whole is having a more unified experience than it was when I was there the last time. Um, Yeah. And I was just, I was really bummed. (laughs) So this, I mean, not you being bummed, but just sort of that idea of amassing and collecting. Oh, sorry. I did. And then we can lead into collecting. I just forgot he was here. Um, I did. Other elements of fandom. Yeah. My companion, super into plushies. Oh, okay. Me, not so much. No. Never was. Even no. when I was even when I was like, you know, amassing shit, I was never into plushies. Yeah. Um, but we did pass this one vendor that was selling I don't even know what this is clearly a Well bo- you you said you bought him and that you asked where you were gonna put him and he's gonna be your windowsill cat, I think. Yeah, because well they were on sale for they're they're basically these like bulbous cats. Yeah. They're fat <laughs> um, cats. Fat cats. And they were, uh, the special was two for 30. Okay. And there was one that my companion was like super into and she wanted to get. And I was like, uh, fuck it. It'll be a souvenir of <laughs> this thing we did together. You know, right. cause we're really close or what have you. Um, and she bought one that was a cat with like a little like basket on its head and its eyes are closed. Yeah. And it's really cute. Um, and I bought one. He's brown and he has like a fish bib on. It's very cute. It's very cute. But where am I going to put this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Nothing. Nothing will dry up a over thirty vagina quite like coming back here and so seeing a seeing a plushy cat on my windowsill. So as I was saying about <laughs> collecting and amassing, you have this really long history about of collecting, which yeah. you brought up quite a bit. And we've got to hear about now, right? Like that you, you know, under 25 Jordan was like, (laughs) give me all the things. All the things. Um, You collect figure, you collected figurines. Oh my God. You amassed DVDs or or VHS rather shows. Um, You, what are those bunnies called again? They're called dunnies. They're what what in the, in the industry would be called a platform toy, meaning they all have the same shape. Yeah. But different artists paint them and design them different ways so you yeah. get like a uniform shape but they all look different um, that's another thing i'm gonna sell <laughs> next which, year at this thing which i didn't know that that was even a thing until i saw them designer vinyl it's called yes it's a whole it's a whole subculture it's a whole subculture um and so we know all of this from from you I've only collected a couple things. Notebooks. Ever. Besides stationary. <laughs> but that's not really collecting. That's amassing, right? Mm. Like that's 
So you are making a distinction. Uh, yes. I'm okay. going to make a distinction. Explain because, your distinction for the people. Um, collecting is when it it has some sort of uh, collecting value to it, right? And not, not necessarily a monetary value, but something that you could trade. Like, I can't buy a moleskin notebook and be like, <laughs> hey, you want to trade your moleskin notebook for my moleskin notebook? Like, it doesn't work like that. Well, no, it's designed, maybe. They have... But, tie it they have property tie-in moleskins now but okay let's put it another way my post-it tabs Mm-mm. that i use for sectioning off my 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 notebooks or my or the large tomes of D yes. stuff i have um no one's going to be trading me for those right Probably i just not. like having them because they make me feel happy <laughs> the uniball pens i have amassed in my stationary drawer at home Listen, Uniball is a quality pen. But it's not a collector thing, no. right? It's I'm not making a collection of pens. I just really like Uniball because I have a problem writing with like the weird, awful ballpoint. Ugh. Ugh. Um, Gel pens till I die. <laughs> but there are some things that I have collected and do collect, actually, when I think about it. One of the things was, for a very short time, I was collecting Sailor Moon cards. Oh. Yeah. Like and for a game, or they were just no, trading cards? No, they were just trading. They were beautifully made, holographic, shiny, metallic Sailor Moon cards. Mm. And they were stickers also, but you never you never no, stick them on no. anything. Um, and this is actually a really defining moment in my collecting history. <laughs> Because I had this little, it was like, I bought it at, oh, so I lived in East York back in the day. This was in the 90s. And it was rough. Right now it's going through all this gentrification. It was rough. We Mm -hmm. had the Zellers in the like little strip mall. Yeah. I can't remember what it was called. It was like the super, super center or something. But it basically was like the Zellers and a whole bunch of, this is before the Dollarama and a whole (laughs) bunch of like little stores inside this little it was a mini mall yeah and then it would have all of the regular um strip mall yeah yeah, we had them in windsor zellers zellers or wolco like anchored anchored the property and then there were a bunch of little mom and pop weird stores and inside right before you got to the zellers inside there was a place and i loved sailor moon i was obsessed but i didn't really think about buying anything until i saw these cards Part of the reason was I didn't have we didn't have any money, right? We mm. weren't well off. I didn't have allowance to spend on stuff, right? But these cards were like a couple cents, like they weren't that expensive. Yeah. So I had this little book that I had bought at the <laughs> store which had the slots, right? Mm-hmm. It was basically um two to a page if I can remember correctly. Um and I was like really excited and I kept on collecting them. And then there was this girl named Nicole who lived down the street. She was a little bit older. She's the first person who showed me Star Wars when I was like five. Um, she she always seemed to do something right before I got to it. So she and I knew she'd liked anime. Um, and I t- was talking about her, my Sailor Moon stuff. I think I had my Sailor Moon cards always with me in my bag. And I was like, <laughs> hey, you want to see my Sailor Moon cards? And she's like, oh, yeah, I've got Sailor Moon cards, too. And I was like, it's amazing. What? So I go in, me with this little booklet, she brings out her <laughs> massive binder. binder. Binders of women. Of Sailor Moon cards. <laughs> and I just, I had this moment where I was like, 
it, I was too overwhelmed. There are levels to this shit. And it didn't inspire me to like collect more. No? It kind of put the flame out. Really? It was kind of like I, I could never buy that many cards. I'm never going to get to that level. I'm never going to be able to collect that much. So why would I even bother? I mean, it's an interesting thing because I wrote back in back in my journalist days, I when the platform toys there were the uh, the flavor du jour and I was buying all going nuts buying all all them um they were a great conversation piece in my office like mm-hmm. when people came in they'd be like oh you got any new ones like I don't think at definitely at the time when I was like researching it to write this you know little feature I wanted to write there isn't a lot of insight into the psychology of the collector impulse okay like a lot of people haven't really been able to get to the bottom of that really the closest they've been able to connect to it is the um that to a certain extent maybe it gives people who feel they have no <laughs> sounds terrible have no mastery in their lives mm-hmm. and sort of avenue where they can feel like they have that right cuz a lot of things you collect there are elements of very specialized knowledge in there as well when I was into, you know, obviously with records, that's self-explanatory. You're constantly learning about labels and yeah. and producers and session players and things like that and names to look for on the back of records, even if you don't know the name on the front of the record. Sometimes you look on the back and you're like, oh, these are the people who played on it? I have records. I have other records these people played on or songwriters or things like that. So maybe right. you buy it anyway. Um, and before that, with the toys, it was like... Who were the up and coming artists? Who were you waiting for to get their shot to do one of these, you know, little rabbits type thing? Right. Who were the customizers who were like making their own? Um, and with me for collecting has never been part of that. And I think that's the why one of the reasons I've never really been into learning more about D and D. There's mm. just so much. And I'm just like, eh. When I So I got out of the Sailor Moon thing, which were just cards. The next thing that came up when I was a tween was Emily the Strange. Okay. Yeah, that tracks. So I was one of those kids and I didn't, I didn't have a lot of money, but now I had a little bit of allowance and my parents knew that I liked that stuff. And that went all the way into high school. Like my ex-boyfriend bought me Emily the Strange stuff because he knew I loved it. Um... But then that kind of by the end of high school, I was kind of like, nah. and again, that's not something where you're learning about something that just has some funny sayings on it <laughs> and uh, red, white and black theme going for it. Like that's uh, basically there you are. Aesthetic. Yeah. Um, but really, again, there's never been anything where I've been like, not even when people were really getting into bands. Right. I didn't I wasn't crazy into I mean, I love music, but I wasn't crazy into music and who was who and who was playing on this. And Mm. I've never been into that. And I don't know why. I've always wanted to collect something. But it's like... I I don't think it's a character. (laughs) But I also don't... But I've also not been like... I don't care enough. (laughs) I think that sounds awful, but there's never been anything that I've really cared enough about. I mean, listen, and when you're self-aware enough, you can realize that, you know, you put this much effort into a collection because you, there are things lacking in your life. I can, <laughs> That's really sad. It's sad, but I can admit it. 
I made a joke on Twitter or on Instagram once before I went to a record show. It's like, come on, sad boy, let's fill that <laughs> hole in you with possessions. <laughs> well, I mean, and that, when I was in university, when I was in my 20s, it started to become books. And all kinds of books. Maybe my 20s weren't the best. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and specifically, um, anything Edward Gorey. Um, I've loved Edward Gorey since I was a kid. So I've got all kinds of stuff from Edward Gorey. Um, and I didn't need it. I mean, I'm kind of glad I have them. They're kind of awesome. I still love his art style and his writing, but it's definitely not something that, but there, again, there was no branching really out from that. Right. And even comic books, I select things that I would like to hang on to in a hard copy. Otherwise I'm fine just buying a, the tablet version, right? Mm. The ebook. So really, and I and I I I have teacups, but I don't co- like. Someone once asked me, "Oh, what kind of teacups do you collect? What maker?" And I was like, "Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've never even really looked at the bottom of these teacups. I just like what I like, just like with tele- like the shows or the comic books or the movies. Anything that we on here, you always had this." reason why you're like i got into this because of this or i found it because i'm just like oh it kind of looked cool and then it was <laughs> like that's my life i will say a couple moments here about um record collecting as a culture right because again i'm always kind of a weirdo yeah so i will say i think i've said this on the show before that like my record collection even though it is now officially to bursting um i'm gonna have to figure something out soon um, is the first collection I've had where like everything makes sense. There's not really anything in there that I bought that was like, just fill the void. Right. I definitely, if you go back and look at my, you know, the dozen long boxes in my parents' house, there'll be some things in there that are like, why did I buy that? Right. I was just buying it. Cause it's like, especially with comics, it's like they came out every month. You just have to keep buying it. Just keep yeah. buying it. It's the new issue. You have to keep buying it. You never know. There definitely runs in there that I'm like, why was I still buying this? Why did I spend money on this? <laughs> um, definitely with the fucking toys, it was like, oh, it's a new hotness. I don't even really like it that much, but you know, it's for stunting. Right. That's definitely part of it as well, I think, collecting as a whole. It's like, A, it's the specialized knowledge, and it's stunting to the people who share this specialized knowledge. You know, I have... It is not in my house. I don't even know, I don't know where it is. That's how much I care about it now. Um, it was a, these things are called dunnies. It was a dunny that was sold like on the message board for like just people on the message board. Right. Um, they only made like 200 or something. It's kind of a garbage design, but it was rare. Right. So I remember being at major Canadian retailer working cash and putting an order in on this thing at the same time from the cash computer <laughs> on the slowest internet connection in the world. So it's like, I gotta get it. I gotta get it. I think it costs like 90 bucks US. Why? Why did I have to do what? that? What? Um, and it's like, I, I don't even know if I can sell that now. And I'm definitely not going to make what I paid for it. Like, yeah. But my records, I never really... I've said before, you can pull any record out from... Listen. Oh, you hear that, everybody? You hear that? <laughs> All the records. It's the sound of sleeves. Um, <laughs> I had When I met the kid yesterday, I had her uh, sniff one of the records I bought from Cosmos. So I was just like, ooh, yeah, smell that. Smell that dust. <laughs> she, <laughs> she smells it and she's like that good <laughs> i'm like not well no it's not a pleasant smell but it's just it's, it scratches pokes that part of your brain that makes it all worthwhile um 
Yeah, you can pull any record out of there, and I can tell you why I bought it. I have a reason for every record that's in there. But I'm also not one of these... I'm a weirdo in that I'm not... I don't need a first pressing. I don't need to go and find you know the original. And that is a huge part with record collectors. I was at the Gladstone show. Yeah. Flipping through... Flipping through a random bin, and the guy who was there, I know who, I'm not going to say his name, but he works at, a, he's a DJ I know in Toronto, and he works at a Play to Record. He used to work at Play to Record in Toronto as well. Again, people that Play to Record, it's running me guff. I don't get along with them people. Mm. Um, they got good prices, but I don't get along with them. Um, I was just randomly flipping, and I don't know what they were even talking about, and this guy was like, man, fuck reissues. Don't go out there and get some reissue. You got to put the work in, like blah blah blah. And I'm just sitting there, like motherfucker. I am the reissue king. <laughs> no offense, he said. I go to Cosmos, and if you tell me about something, if you pull something from off the wall that's two hundred fifty dollars, you know the first thing I'm doing. I'm going on Discogs and seeing if it came out in 2014 for a seventeen dollar reissue. Right. I will do that shit all the time. There is no premium to me. Well, and this is the thing. Like there are definitely levels of collecting, yeah. right? There is the like you said. There's this prestige showboating type of collecting. You can tell me the original pressing sounds better or they did things different back then. I have heard this before that it's an, it's an analog digital thing, but like I'm running my I'm running a hundred and fifty dollar turntable through a Bluetooth speaker. Like I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna notice. No. Um and then there's you know, a level below that which is um, still up there, right? Buying very high price stuff. Then there's your level, which is you're buying stuff that you want because you think it's awesome. I always say I'm junior intermediate. Like, yeah, people are like, one time the kid was like referred to me as the god of music, and I'm like, no, no. honey, no. Like, I know a bit yeah. at this point. And this is the other thing which you try not to think about. Um, and I have friends back home who also are diggers, and they've one of them made a point to like, I have to listen to a record every day because they felt they were getting to that tipping point. Where it's just, it becomes about collecting and not actually enjoying that. And at what point are you getting to a level where you have more than you can ever listen to in your lifetime? Right. Cause that happens with some of these people, a true record collector. You're talking about like, there was a series uh, it was a web series that I don't know who did it, Fuse or somebody. Um, I think it was called Crate Diggers. And it was like rap DJs and electronic musicians and people like that going through their record collections. It's like, here's something interesting I found in like Poland. Right. Um, I binged all of this. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing series. Um, but the minimum figure you hear kind of over and over again is like 15,000. When people are, the first question is always how many records are in your collection? 15,000 always seem to kind of be about the base. I'm sorry. My brain actually had you to. You can't compute how, yeah, there was an extra zero in there. My brain had to, had to jump for a second and be. Not 1,500. No. 15,000. 15, and now some of these, you know, these are working DJs. So a lot of times maybe these are, these are promos that they got sent from labels and things like that, that they just kind of been amassing. Um, but still. But it's also a matter of going out every weekend and that's on the low end. A lot of these guys are, I have 15,000 records here, 20,000, another 20,000 in my storage unit. Oh my God. And another five at my mom's house. Like that's the level we're talking about. I have maybe at this point between three and 400 records. That's crazy. So I am not even, you know, when you talk about collecting, I still don't even consider myself a collector right. really. Cause I'm not, 
I'm never going to be on that level. I'm not trying to be like, you know, an episode of Hoarders in here where you just, there's <laughs> just, records just shit everywhere. Hey, you have a cat now. I do have a cat. You will look over my records, won't you? Um, so, yeah, I understand that there are like, I'm never going to be at that level. But I am, it sounds so lame to say, I am proudest of my record collection. And I think also I'm proud of it because I realize it's for me like this is the joke i make too it, it would be awesome if when somebody comes over here they look at my record collection and they're like what is this and they ask me questions about it and we talk about it yeah i know that's not going to happen it happens very rarely caitlin is a wonderful beautiful soul who i cherish <laughs> to a great degree and she will sit and feign interest when I... she gets here no she's legitimately interested she will come in and let me talk to her about it and listen to me and i'm like oh my god and i found this here and it's got this part and listen to this song and she'll be like that's really good um <laughs> But I know that's the rarity. And, you know, 400 Records isn't going to dry up a 30-plus vagina quite like a plush cat. But, I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not doing me any favors. Um, conversely, yeah. somebody like Stupid Matt, the joke I kept making to Stupid Matt beforehand. Yeah. He's like, the spare room you're staying in, that's where all my trades are. <laughs> that's where all the graphic novels are. He was really excited. I'm like, Matt, it's not happening. If you think I'm coming in there and we're going to have like a 45-minute chat about your graphic novels, it's not happening, Matt. No. It's like, I don't care. Yeah. It's not going to happen don't build your collection like you think it's for someone like it's going to impress someone else well that definitely happened with the books and it was bad when i was working yeah, especially you thought, initially you thought the library was going to be like <laughs> i'm gonna be like stunting on insta facebook and posting my library and people are going to be like oh my god well at the time there was none of that right but i i had friends and we all loved book reading and i wanted them to be like "Ooh, what was this and they did <laughs> and i was like that's right and then when i started working at um, I was going to call it large Canadian retailer. It is. Uh, it's a large place full of things. Full of things. Um, I, you know, we got that discount. Sweet, yep. sweet discount. Sweet on, discount. And I started buying things. And then... At also, some... to be fair, and maybe this is putting too much of the inner workings of major Canadian retailer on blast. Yeah. In the interest of product knowledge, we were free to borrow books as well. Yeah. We could read as much as we wanted to. But... Not enough for Caitlin McKinnon, though. But, and for a lot of people... <laughs> Gotta you own gotta, it. You gotta, gotta own it. You gotta admit, a lot of people buy a lot of books there. That is true. I and mean, the analogous... We don't make that much there. No, we don't. <laughs> the analogous thing is both of the records I bought from Hisa this week, Yeah, I have copies on my computer. Yeah. I have the music. Mm-hmm. Listen to music whenever I want. It's not the same, though. But why? I don't know. I never, I've said this about records when I first got into them. One, I love that you can't skip a record. Really, mm-hmm. like it forces, it grabs you by the head and is like, you are going to engage with the, all the good and bad of this album. Right. Um, when I was first became a music fan, you still had to buy music. And I remember the transition from like, you hold a record. That's like, a, you bought something. That's yeah. a slab. And then there was the dark period of tapes where you spent the same amount of money, if not more. It was basically the size of like a travel Kleenex pack. Like... <laughs> You walk out of this tiny ass bag from Music World, and you're like, "What did I just spend my money on? Like, it's terrible." Um, and then CDs were no better. Yeah. Um, so I like that way. If you go out, and you buy a record. Like that's a you fucking bought something, and it's large. And do you think it's kind of amazingly weird that vinyls have come back? It's the only. What is it? The only medium. Say it's like the that- only growth. Yeah. The only growth uh, physical media. Um, having been out yesterday, I do. So I've been at this now for 
maybe three years tops. Um, and I do notice the mean price of things mm-hmm. is starting to creep up. You know, stores where like I would always find amazing deals on. Yeah. They still have cheaper stuff, but the cheaper stuff went from $3 to $5. Right. Like things and inflation, economics, whatever. Um, it does feel like it's creeping up. But the great thing about vinyl is, and another reason, you know, why do you have to have the physical thing is because I can't, I can't make you the spit, the geek down city pop playlist. Cause this shit's not on Spotify. Right. I can't make it for you. By the way, shouts to this week's Spotify playlist. If you are a patron and you're not following when I update that, I do try And Caitlin does too. When she does it, you know, we try to give you rationales. We try to give you what we were thinking when we made it. Yeah. And this week I kind of went very in depth about some things that we've talked about on this episode already. I was, I was fresh from the post-con experience when I made that playlist. Mm-hmm. So it's super Japanesey. It is exclusively <laughs> Japanesey. And I did mention that one of the awesome moments was, uh, I put a song called triple wonderland by this band Nagiko on there. And twice, it was very rainy earlier in the week in Toronto. Yeah. On two separate occasions, Caitlin, when the third course came in, you know, the one where the music kind of fades away and they just sing. Yeah. The sun broke through the clouds, <gasps> Caitlin. That's magical. It happened twice. That's magical. So that's not a fluke. Um, I love when music has that effect on your life or on people's lives. The most beautiful thing that happened yesterday when I was at Cosmos, he says, doing that thing. Have you heard this? Have you heard this? Yeah. Pulls out a record by this guy, Jose Feliciano, who is a blind Mexican kind of acoustic guitar player. Mm-hmm. And I know him because Nujibis sampled him once. That's the only reason I even know who he is. And he puts this on. And it was a gorgeous sunny day in Toronto yesterday. And this was gorgeous, sunshiny music, kind of Brazilian, Latin flavored acoustic guitar. And it was definitely like a total high fidelity moment where everybody in the store was just kind of like, what is that? Yeah. Like if he had five copies of that record, he could have sold five copies of that record because everybody in the store would have bought it. And we were all just got like, I was, he played it for me and I was because I'm special and I was (laughs) holding it at the time. And this girl walked by as I was holding it and she was like, you know, the point up at the ceiling move where it's like, what, what are we listening to? And I handed her the sleeve and she looked at it and showed it to the dude she was with. And it was just this, you know, I don't know. Music is the only thing that can like do that in my experience. Hmm. And so again, Jose Feliciano, not really getting played anywhere. Like, no, that's on Spotify. Look forward to it. I'll be putting it on there. Um, also comes down to, again, the specialized knowledge thing, right? The curation type thing, the care that goes into building it. Um, I would never have known this album existed if he hadn't been there and glanced over at it wherever it was sitting in the store. Been like, oh, Jordan might like this. Yeah. And put it on type of thing. It was $30, so I wasn't buying it. I'm going to keep an eye out for it in like the bargain bins of Toronto. But <laughs> but now everyone's going to know. Oh, my God. I blew up Jose Feliciano's spot. Uh, yep. <laughs> totally driving that price up. Um, yeah. And I don't care to collect that knowledge, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's part of it is it's what do you want to collect? I don't want to collect the physical stuff because I have no room for it and because I don't really care. And I don't want to collect the knowledge because it, there's just too much. It's kind of like when I think about space. It freaks me <sighs> out at how big it is, right? That's the knowledge of comic books, just literature in general. Like, like uh, senior correspondent is always really impressed with how well read I am. But I'm not nearly as well read as... Nope. As a huge number of other people, right? And I can't even fathom what what they know. And it kind of freaks me out a little. When I talk to record store people, if I talk to Hisa or if, God forbid, Aki, 
hockey scares the shit out of me. I don't like talking <laughs> to hockey because hockey is just like God level. Um, or even Ian and Dennis had, uh, at you know, June records or things like that. Like I end up feeling like I'm sure most people feel when they talk to me, talk to me about music or stuff yeah. I've checked out or whatever. Just like, I am so, I don't know how I get to that level or if I even want to. Yeah. Cause that love that requires so much a time. certain level of time. And these people have made it their occupation. So, I mean, that's yeah. why it works to their benefit, but that is not currently my occupation. If anybody wants to help me make it my occupation, <laughs> Aki, you need me to move some boxes or something. Or maybe I'll do that. Or maybe you could um, become a a sample historian, as we've talked about. <laughs> this is the other thing. I buy. I know I buy records like a DJ. Yeah, but I don't DJ. No, <laughs> I buy records because there's a break on it that I really like. <laughs> like, why? What am I doing with that? I'm just gonna <laughs> dance while I do the dishes. I do that, and that's great fun for me, and I enjoy it. My neighbors probably hate it, but <laughs> yeah, just. And I still will buy. See, I buy individual teacups. <laughs> I, I don't buy sets if I can help it. Um, because I like that teacup and that pattern and that's cool. But I got no place for teacups. Say, do, do you display them? Or are you um, using moment, a different one every day? Or At the moment, I usually actually, uh, for a long time, I did use them every mm. day. Um, there's nothing like drinking tea out of a teacup. <laughs> it's very much like there's nothing like listening to music but on vinyl, right? Sure. Um, but at the moment they're they're sort of displayed but higher up mm. because I don't really have a space for them. Whenever one day when we move, that is going to be that is on the like list of items that are must have place for Kate to display <laughs> teacups um, because they're cool and they're funky and sometimes they're old grandma pattern, but I like them. And yeah, that's, and even then I, I haven't bought one in probably at least six months, maybe more. So I will yeah. say the one thing about collecting records specifically is like, I didn't do it this year, but the past few years I would have done a, um, a thing on my website where I was just like, Hey, here's 10 songs. You know, and everybody does it every year. Here's 10 songs. I like this year. Yeah. Uh, the best. I probably couldn't do that for songs that came out in one year, but I could definitely pick you like 20 songs that I did not know existed that I discovered through digging or, you know, old shit or things like that. Like the, the things I have been turned on to all of my like favorite songs now are like songs I didn't know existed three years ago. That's kind of amazing. But they're things that like, like fucking city pop. I didn't know that was a thing. It's like my favorite genre of music now. It makes me so happy. So happy. Soup ha- soups hap. Soups hap. By the way, I was having this thought the other day. Yeah. It's totally veered off, but whatever. This episode's going to be like five hours long. <laughs> hey, it's 70, Some, 70th episode. It's a celebration. Some, somebody said, another comment on the panel, fuck light and tight. Yeah. In the uh, in the old survey comments. Not not about the light and tight. So no. you ain't getting that today. Nope. Um, I'm already thinking, you know, I got to do something for my birthday this year. Yeah. Because it's, we're passing a decade. <gasps> It's exciting. One of two things are going to happen. I'm either going to find just a place that has nothing going on. Yep. And will let me play all the weird music I like. Yep. Or Jordan City Pop Brunch. Ooh. Where again, I'll just play all the weird music I like, but it's going to be Yacht Rock and City Pop and people will come and have brunch and we'll hang out. That's kind of amazing. Kind of lean towards that. I'm kind of leaning towards both. I don't know. Ah, uh, it's a hard decision. You have a couple months, though. Fuck it, I'll do both. Um, 
Oh my god, do we have anything else to talk about in this monster? Um, we've got updates. Oh, we do have updates. Well, let's hit them first. Let's hit them fast. Uh, American Gods, been watching it. How's that? Uh, it's good. It's getting better. Getting better? Yeah. Because you were like, is my brain broken? No, I was like, it's fine. It's weird. Weird is good. It's not as good of a series. It wasn't as living up to your imagination. It wasn't even not living up to my imagination. And everyone was like going crazy over it. And I was like, meh, 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 meh. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, third season's up on Netflix. Fourth season's up on Netflix. Fourth season. Sorry, it is the fourth. Wow. Fourth season's up on Netflix. Been enjoying that. Um, so I'm late to Archer. Oh wow! I I, wa- I have watched Archer, mm. but we started like uh, the new one um, is showing not the, on Netflix. The, thr- the throwback one, yeah. Which I have not. Listen, I don't think I've seen an episode since like two seasons ago. Okay, so I've I've seen that since they became spies again. Like I watched yeah. the Vice season, yeah, and then they became spies again for a season, and now they're doing this. Like, is it like a what is it? Is it a drug fugue state? Is he having a dream? Like, what is Um, it? He, he is unconscious. Okay. Yeah. I'll and all these episodes way. are playing out while he's unconscious. Yes. And that's why it's throwback noir. Yeah. Okay. Um, not to spoil anything. Um, and it, uh, it falls apart a little bit in the last bit of it, but there are some good jokes and it's funny. And, but we've been started to sort of watch it from the beginning mm. as well, because they're really short episodes. So you can like watch it in between something or while you're waiting for something to finish and it, you know, it doesn't take too long. Um, Teen Titans Go. <laughs> Amazing. Everyone should be watching Teen Titans Go. Also very short. Something I don't talk about a lot is a lot of my watching of media has to do with learning stuff. And I've never brought it up before, but there's something called Crash Course. It's on YouTube. It's done by the green brothers okay um uh hank green and the one who wrote the the teen books you know john green, john green. that's it um they did something started something called crash course uh, started with crash course world history and now they've got like funding from pbs and stuff and i've been watching crash course course mythology and it's fantastic Absolutely fantastic. If you're really interested, they have a million of them. There's like Crash Course um, Biology and Crash crash Course Psychology, tons of them. Economics, they have them for all subjects now. Um, Go on, go there, watch them. They're like a couple minutes. They're great as well. And finally, I've returned to watching Pasta. Yes. Yeah. So it's taking me a little bit to get into. um, Just come on back. Because. uh, Shep's waiting for you. Because, well, they're kind of, like, together now. Mm. Um, Less interesting for you? Yeah. I want to see. I, something's got to break them up, right? You want, the, you want the will they or won't they? Yeah. That's what I'm there for. <laughs> Obvi. Uh, I'm there for you to be happy. <laughs> and I have to say it. Shep is a complete asshole. Yeah. And I don't want her to be with him. <laughs> but she's so cute when she is. Anyways. So, yeah. He's those like- are my updates. Oh, yeah, he's a total asshole to her. Um, updates for me. Two things quick, and then one thing that's probably going to upset some people. Um, House of Cards back. Yeah. Man, I hate watch that show. Yeah, you were talking about that before. Nah, I just don't like that show, but I watched it anyway. Yeah. I have not figured out if House of Cards has turned the corner on realizing how absurd it is. Right. Like, I feel like we all started... House of Cards was an early Netflix like exclusive show. Like I feel like that's yeah. one of the first ones that broke it as like oh they're making stuff that's actually good yeah and then you realize like oh as i heard 
as I said at one point, it's scandal for people who think they're too good for scandal, or as someone referred to it more succinctly, it's slow food scandal. Oh, I like that. Um, where it's like, no, you're you're tra- you're a trashy soap opera, and you're not really saying anything about the current condition, but yeah. um, it's got the same problem it's always had, where like it's kind of gotten a little bit of it back. Like the show was interesting when he was going after power. Yeah. When he was about keeping power, again, it's like when Shep and What's Her Face get together. It's yeah. Like when when Kevin Spacey and the presidency get together, I'm like, okay, cool. Now what are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. but now there's been like some, but and this is also the problem. There's been some stuff about electoral fraud and voter suppression and people winning elections without the popular vote. Yep. Things like that. Hmm. Have there been any think pieces about House of Cards in the current political climate? I'd be curious to read that. Yeah. There's probably been there's been like 700. Yeah. Because it's like impossible not to. Um. But as they start to tug on the, like, House of Cards has ultimately been a story about their marriage. They're weird, mutually beneficial. Weird. Love each other, but... Weird. <laughs> kind of love each other. Respect each other more than they love each other. Never sleep together type of... Weird. Weird partnership. And as they tug at, like... So, spoilers from last season, they ran on a joint ticket. Right. Uh, with her as the vice. And because of basically she's she's the acting president right now mm-hmm. and it's like well they're working towards figuring out whatever happened with the election because there was like tampering in two states so nobody neither candidate got the full 270 needed for to be you know you know the thing dip dipshit brags about all the time yeah that number he won yeah. nobody got that number because there just weren't enough in play so she's the acting president and it's like the underlying thread seems to be like you know his approval is in the fucking toilet she's kind of on the rise though right People are kind of okay with her. She has her own ambitions, obviously. And it's like, is she going to keep working to just put him back in his happy chair? Or is she going to... Overthrow him. Yeah. Is she going to usurp the throne? Yes. So, I mean, that's mildly interesting, I guess. But, I mean, solid hour episodes. 13 of them in a season. Solid hour episodes. Solid hour. Every time I think an episode's going to be done, I, like, you know, bring up the the time bar on netflix and it's still got like 15 minutes left and i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> um, kind of like this episode <laughs> kind of this, this is this is the uh return of the king of the geek down podcast you yep. thought it ended like four times but we just keep going <laughs> yep um two updates on the anime side real quick so the kid got really excited when she saw this cosplayer go by in like an orange jumpsuit holding a giant hammer yeah and she's like oh my god it's my wife and she like ran after her and like got a photo taken with her and i'm like who the hell is that and she's like oh she's from seven deadly sins Seven Deadly Sins is a show that has been sitting on Netflix forever. Yeah. Um, and I finally went back and watched a little bit of it. Uh, fantasy show. Basically, there are these. it's a fight between these two holy knights, these group of holy knights and the Seven Deadly Sins. And you think the Seven Deadly Sins are the villains, but they're not. The holy knights are the villains. Blah, blah, blah. There's a talking pig. Okay. Um, there's a tavern on top of a giant but, walking pig. But is there a doc- talking bear? Not that I've seen yet. I don't even care then. <laughs> It's a bear with a hat. Um, There's a pig with a tavern that it wears as a hat. It's a giant green pig. Maybe. Um, And I have to contrast this against another show that was uh, mentioned on Twitter by Geek Down Hero, Amelia Cook, who said randomly, uh, replying to one of the myriad of Anime North posts, are you watching My Hero Academia? Please say yes. So My Hero Academia, saw a lot of cosplay of it. The kid has seen it frequently she would get excited about seeing something or a cosplayer and then it would be like oh you don't know you're not watching it <laughs> uh well, well and it has been one of the shows of the season that i keep hearing all about they're on their second season right now right um 
So this is a show about in, in a world. It's And this is what I'm probably going to butt up against because and ultimately it's just a superhero show. My entire life for like, you know, three quarters of my life have been superhero shows. I grew up reading comic books. You've got to go a long way to like make a superhero experience. Yeah. That's going to make me go, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've read the X-Men since I was like, you know, 12. This is yeah. not new to me. Um, basically, this is a world where they don't even really explain how it happens. But like everybody has a quirk thing that gives them the power. Okay. Sometimes it's very useful. Sometimes it's very dumb. Um, but everybody gets one. Right. Most of the time. We are dealing with this kid whose name is, uh, you know, it's a kind of a bullying nickname, but everybody calls him that, Deku. And Deku is obsessed with heroes. He's a total fanboy. He's been writing analyses and notes. And he's, a, he's a deep diver. Right. He's been a deep diver on quirks and superheroics his entire life. And he couldn't wait for his quirk to develop. Usually develops around age four or five. Deku is quirkless. <gasps> Born without. Because oh. um, he wanted to be a hero so bad. Even as a child. Listen, the character design is very cute. Um, and then as it happens, this thing, the the Superman of this world is a guy called All Might. And this has all been a barrier for me for this show because I don't like the design of All Might because they draw his eyes. His eyes are always in shadow and he's always smiling. Okay. So he looks kind of sinister all the time. Like, right. I know he's supposed to be like, you know, the super, the Superman. Yeah. But he always kind of looks kind of sinister. And the gimmick to All Might, you come to find it. There's basically a moment where... Somebody, there's danger, and Deku, even though he's quirkless, doesn't really think about it. He just, like, gets involved and tries to help. Yeah. That's, that's the type of person Deku is. Um, come to find out, All Might can bestow his quirk to somebody. He's been looking for a successor. Oh. And he ends up giving Deku his quirk. This is how he gets into the world of superheroic school and things like that and being trained to be a hero sort of thing. Uh, the bad part, you know, the, the hook catch is... His body cannot contain the power. So if he uses it, he basically breaks whatever. It's basically super strength, but but it has names like all the all the moves are called things like Detroit Smash. Okay. And I'm totally going on T Fury and designing designing a Detroit Smash shirt for myself. <laughs> but like if he does Detroit Smash, he like totally breaks his arm into oh a million pieces, God. and he can't. So he's he's not a suitable vessel. Like right. He's trying. He's trained a lot. You know, they have a huge huge training montage in the early episodes. But he's still at a point where the most he can do, maybe, to still be good is like, like, like flick his finger, which caused like a fucking tornado. But then he breaks his finger and his thumb. Like, and the thing with All Might is, and this is actually one of the things about the show I enjoy, he got injured really badly. Basically, his power manifests with, it's kind of like cinching your butt cheeks, but when he does it, he becomes like a huge, like, giant dude with super strength. Right. But he can't maintain it because he was injured in a battle once. He's only good for about three hours a day. Otherwise, he just turns into this, like, horrifying, like, emaciated, like... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, they draw him completely differently. He's got his hair that normally, like, sticks up in this, like, V-spike, like, hangs in front of his face. He looks like a total emo kid type of thing. <laughs> um, so, it's keeping that secret as well, and that's another reason why he's looking for a successor. I have heard the praise for this show. A lot of the praise has to do, and this is what Amelia said. She referred to it as, like, Shonen 2.0. Like, learning from the mistakes of things like Naruto. Right. And she says, as a Naruto fan, I'm saying this. The hook that a lot of people praise about this show is mainly about Deku, where, as a character, he's soups emotion, always crying. He's perpetually crying. Right. Kind of odd for a shonen protagonist. Yeah. It's like a... So here we have a display of masculinity from our lead that is not like, I'm going to be the best. He wants to be the best hero to help people. Right. That is his reasoning for doing it. 
Um, Which is good. He doesn't just want to be the best for the sake of being the best. Conversely, there always has to be a rival character. This is what's going to make people mad. Mm -hmm. Bakugo is the worst fucking character I've ever seen in my goddamn life. I hate him with the passion of a million sons. Are you supposed to hate him? No. Oh. And Amelia has made very eloquent points on why she likes him. Basically, I said on Twitter, Bakugo, most thinly sketched anime shonen rival or thinnest sketched shonen anime rival. What are the difference? None. It just means he has no, there's no there there. His whole raison d'etre is like, somebody told me I was special when I was a kid. Right. And now I hate everybody who proves that wrong. He's constantly calling Deku an idiot. Die this, die that. I'm going to be the best. He gets in a total. So in an early arc, they're doing like training and like close quarters. Yeah. And of course, Bakugo runs off and all he wants to do is beat the shit out of Deku. You got a quirk now? Would you lying me? You thought you could trick me? Ugh. Why the fuck do you care, man? You were so angry about this. He makes me this. so angry. You I've never so been enraged by a character like this. Angry. I hate him so much. You don't even get this angry about awful anime dudes. No. But I know, and again, you said this about American Gods, is my brain broken? This is how I feel about this show. This show is getting heralded as like, it's so, it's so great. It's amazing. It's totally rewriting the Shonen playbook. And I'm like, I will admit Seven Deadly Sins is a worse show. Yeah. The guy, the lead character, he's technically a boy, but he's not because he's one of the Seven Deadly Sins. So he's technically like this, you know, like 300 year old general type of thing. So he's mad pervy and he's always grabbing boobs. And there's lots of like, with all of that stuff, nothing in My Hero Academia has ever surprised me. Shit happens in that show, and I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. Seven Deadly Sins is technically a worse show, but when that character who is, you know, was the kid's wife, who she got really excited by the cosplayer, turns out to be a giant woman. <laughs> yeah. Or when that, you know, when the bar ends up being on the back of a <laughs> giant pig. <laughs> like, wasn't expecting that. It's a worse show. I am enjoying the experience of watching it more than My Hero Academia, which is totally blasphemous to people who hear this, I'm sure. But again, even in the weird shit I like, I'm a weirdo. Like, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I've been watching some Legion as well. Mm -hmm. And I think I prefer Legion to American Gods. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Except people are going to come for me. (laughs) People are going to come for you? I haven't watched all Come for both of us. But. My Hero Academia, you're giving it a pass. It's not that good. It's okay. It's fine. If you have come up in superhero narratives your whole life, yeah, this is lame. <laughs> well, this is lame. Oh my god, he can use electricity. What a crazy... You know, the frog girl. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for the frog girl. And Urarika, who apparently Japan hates. Okay. It's like the girl lead interest. She can kind of like make shit float. Like yeah. She kind of does anti-grav stuff. Super cute character. Listen, I like the art. I like the character designs of this show. But I mean, as far as like the powers, the plot, any character you want me to care about. Listen, you can give me the Arara and Ida show. The guy with the fucking exhaust on the back of his legs who can run fast. I would watch a show about them every fucking week. You can keep Deku and Bakugo. In fact, you can take Bakugo, throw him in the lake, and then throw a million cement trucks on top of it. So I never have to see his stupid face again. Wow. So angry. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been the Geek Down. (laughs) Four people. They don't know what to expect. Ups, downs. This show should have had three parts. <laughs> we should have taken a second break. 
Oh. Anyway, if you listen to all of this, I can't imagine why you would have. But yeah. thanks, friends. If you would like to tell us to never make an episode this long again, you can do that on all of our socials. Twitter at GeekDownPod, uh, on the Patreon, patreon.com slash GeekDownPod, or, or on our Facebook group. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. And we have one more very special announcement. Yes. Which... We're not going to make it right now. No, because <laughs> I have this problem with my phone, and maybe you guys can out there will feel me about this. Um, I can do things at home on my desktop computer that I cannot do on my phone, and I expect to be able to like pull something up, and it doesn't come up. So, so that list of entrants for the Geek Down gift giveaway, um, sitting on her desktop, yeah, not on her phone. Not on my phone. Um... So we're going to, if you're listening to this, go over to the Facebook page or Twitter right now, and there will be an announcement of who it is. The announcement will be there. Yeah. And there'll be like a picture. There'll be some kind of fun picture and lots of fanfare and exclamation points. It'll be great. And you know who said that, so you can bet there will be exclamation points. Oh, yeah. So many. More than usual. All the exclamation points. Yes. So go there right now. Look for that, friends. Thank you so much for joining us, as you do every week. If you sat through this entire thing, thanks for... That's amazing. Thanks, We're... For, thanks for hanging for this whole beefy-ass episode. Yeah. This is, I think, the longest episode we've ever done. It will probably be the longest episode yeah. we've ever done. Yeah. Um, but if you hung, thanks for hanging. We do appreciate you hanging with us every week, as you do. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. Theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we will be back here next week for probably a much shorter episode of the Geek Down Podcast. See you then. Critical reception. Fuck off. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I was thinking it said oh, like a you're ride. Oh, you're just going to randomly shut it off? Whoop, whoop, bloop. <clears throat> Critical reception has certainly been better than any... Fuck. <laughs> 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 you motherfucker. Amazing. <laughs> you that son of a bitch. so happy. <laughs> oh. Fucking cocksucking Parkdale. I hope you die in that ambulance. <laughs> How many people can die on one in one two three hours in Parkdale? Really want me to answer that question? <laughs> so many. And I didn't even know what this was. Um, what direction are you coming? <laughs> For fuck's sake! Uh, this is. <laughs> this, is your, this is your favorite uh, bit ever. This is I. It's just such an angry neighborhood. There's just so many people. I could just be, people are getting stabbed. People are setting fires to their kitchen. Fucking get it together, Parkdale. <laughs> Fucking tag is gonna be the longest part of the show. Parkdale is burning. <laughs> Parkdale's burning down. <laughs>